Get out a pen and paper and write this down. Or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grimerica Show? At P.O. Box 16033. Next line. Uh-huh. 100-815, comma, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line. Uh-huh. Calgary, Alberta. Next line. Uh-huh. Canada. Next line. Uh-huh. T2T, space, 5H7. That's the P.O. Box. Why don't you send Darren some dirty socks? Cause he's got a dirty sock fetish. <laughs> Why don't you send Graham some gold bowling? Cause he's got a gold bowling fetish. <laughs> send him some gold. Send him some gold. Send him some gold in the P.O. Box. The same frequencies only much greater and much longer, but they're the same frequencies. They're called astrophysical. And there's only the 12 in all of creation of these 12, these frequencies. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerica Show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with Delanova Star and Brian Kenworthy a little bit later about radionic clouds. All sorts of fun stuff like that goes about two hours. It's another, another gooder. Uh, Radionic ships as well. They're clouds. They're mostly clouds. <laughs> Let's first jump in here with Graham, the, the, uh, the ship uh, first mate Dunlop. <laughs> you wish you were the first mate. <laughs> Ahoy, uh, Captain. How you doing? I'm cold as fuck. Because yeah. you turned the heater off the last time we were in yeah, the studio. Yeah, sorry, I didn't. I don't. When there's three people in there, it gets kind of hot, and then 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 it gets really cold out, and now it's your your jingle board's not working. <laughs> the jingle board is literally too frozen. Charge. It's been plugged in for fucking what has it been? Twenty minutes. It's been at least twenty minutes. Our Skype calls thirty-one minutes. It's been plugged in for thirty-one. Did you turn minutes. on the? Did you turn on the TV that's in there? That usually provides quite the a bit. TV's of, on. The, ancient, the TV's the on. TV. It, it takes a surprisingly long time to heat up in here when you want it to heat up quickly. Yeah. The problem is that it's gone down to minus twenty outside again, or minus fifteen, and like the, the studios. When I came in here, the studio was minus fifteen or minus twenty. Everything you touch is like minus ten. Wow! Really? The table. Tables I like ice, not like ice, but it's okay. fucking cold. The computer was left on, so that's good. So this is a good episode, though. We talk about uh, you know UFO experiences that they both have, and um, I don't think there's going to be any tingles. Yeah, I know that sucks, but yeah, it's inter- very interesting stuff. Kind of fits in with a lot of that stuff we did with Grant Cameron and downloads as well. Like Delanova has written a couple books on this, and he's kind of getting you know information from somewhere else. It's interesting, interesting stories for sure. Is it uh, ironic that I just released a bonus episode with all the jingles? Uh, not really. And now but... this episode, we can't play jingles. Yeah, maybe. It's too bad. And of course, Grambo is not in studio because it's been a hectic week in podcast land. I got sick, went down for a couple days, blew through a recording with Brian. We missed that. Oh, yeah. Allegedly. Below. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm recording this late Friday night. 
I doubt it'll get out tonight. You guys will probably see this tomorrow, Saturday. So daylight, that's not too bad. Daylight. Yeah, and then I'll be short. in the studio tomorrow for a different recording. And uh, yeah, we'll be busy for a couple of weeks here. Busy, busy. Done some booking. Booked a few people. Schedule's filling back up. We're going to have Joseph Farrell back on. A lot of people have been asking for him. So that'll be fun. My mom's coming on. Yep. Oh, I Maybe forgot. Too. I forgot we were talking about that other thing too, and uh, some people emailed in about it. And I totally spaced on what we were talking about with the like trivia thing. That was like a one episode wonder. Did you write any of that down? You mean the, the five year <laughs> anniversary thing? Yeah, it's yeah. probably in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, is it? Probably. So check out the show notes. We're doing a five year anniversary thing. I can't remember the exact that's logistics a, of no, it. That's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. So we're supposed to get Felix's email. That's the right. The king of the we're not even close. You got to note the people so they can send in their trivia questions, I think, or topics. Questions. Questions for listeners, though, I think. For no. listeners. Yeah. Listeners, Grimerica trivia questions by listeners. And then we're going to, Felix is going to draw them. And then it'll be like us. You'll take a listener and I'll take a listener and we'll do a battle. Trivia battle. And and whoever comes on my team will win. Probably. I don't know. I doubt it. Really? You talking shit already, Dunlap? We would have beat those guys if you didn't. (laughs) Was it for those challenges? (laughs) You know, I feel like it's good. uh, Actually, you might as well plug the Black Budget episodes now. Yeah, well, I think we're going to get even, go even further than that. I think Felix and I were talking today because he's come up with a quick little tiebreaker we can do. So we're going to change it up, too. We're going to start going to time limits on the rounds. So it doesn't even matter if all the questions get asked, but there's a time limit, set time limit. To speed it up a little bit and kind of... Yeah, maybe and kind less of, questions. So then when you're you. losing, you'll kind of push to ask more questions. You're going to want it to go quicker so you can get more questions in. But anyway, Felix is going to do up a little because we ended up in a tie somehow. Was that really the way it ended up? Yeah. And that we're talking about the cruising with steak leopardy challenge uh, in the black budget feed. Yeah, which is trivia it's with our host Felix Trebek. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun stuff. There's video for it and everything. Uh, if you sign up for the black budget, you'll get that right away. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're going to do a little tiebreaker. I think we're just going to do the tiebreaker and release it in the regular feed. And that'll be like a little teaser for for these trivia shows because they are they've they've turned out to be quite fun and we've had a couple other podcasts challenge us so looks like it could become a, a something that we we do just as black budget content once in a while so yeah check well that. let's explain how people can get get the black budget then well normally i'd play a jingle but the jingle board's frozen solid oh yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah you get the black budget by supporting the show america.ca slash support sign up for any monthly there, do a one-time donation. Of course, we also did just open up the Patreon, so you can head over to patreon.com slash Grimerica. show notes now as well. Yeah, I'll make a grimerica.com slash Patreon link as well, just to make it easier. Um, so you go either way. Uh, a couple people had asked when I posted the link if they should switch over to Patreon. No, you shouldn't. If you're on PayPal, that's... PayPal's still preferred. I think it's just what we know. Uh, so PayPal still prefer, but a couple people, there's been a, a bunch of people that aren't, 
aren't PayPal people. Patreon, so, right? And they're asking for Patreon. Yeah, so, so we jumped yeah. on Patreon. Uh, we still do have the Bitcoin address there as well. Uh, I did want to mention too, for people that don't know what the fuck to do with the feed that I email them that are listening on Spotify or YouTube. Okay. Cause let's just explain this. So, so when they donate any, any amount at all, I mean, we're not limiting this to like a $5 a month or a $10 a month or anything like that. There's no limits. It's just whatever donation. We trust the people that if they get value from the show, they're going to give us some value. Right. So, yeah, so far we've any, only got two, $2, but Hey, you know what? $2 no, no, is $2. No, that's fine. I mean, whatever. If people can, nobody, not everybody can afford to, to donate stuff, right? Exactly. So we're trying to get up, up. We're trying to get like more smaller donations, right? I mean, of course, the big one, the big ones really help, but you can't expect everybody to, to donate. Big. Hey, if everyone so, pitched in two bucks, we'd be laughing. No, I know, but so we're trying to get that percentage up to one percent, you know, and maybe two percent eventually. Some shows are up around five, but I mean, you know, whatever. That that's that's okay. But that's a lot of, okay. I mean, a lot of shows are down okay. below as well. But we're just trying to get the percentage of interactions wow. and donations up a little bit. And there's a bunch of ways you can support the show as well. Like I get people emailing me stories and and um, sightings jingles. and jingles and all kinds of cool stuff. So it's always great to hear from you guys by email as well and on Instagram and Darren's on the Twitter. So there's other ways to to connect and to support as well. You know what? I think I can play one jingle. Well, you probably have them in emails and stuff too. I mean, that's a pretty crazy system. If your jingle board goes down, that's it. Well, you they're on my laptop in the house, but... That's where the database is, but that's not the jingle board. Did you get that? that? Well, kinda. What was it? It's a triggered jingle. Oh. So All crazy, right. Billy. Oh. Right on. Thanks, Crazy Billy. Well, we'll wait till that gets on the jingle board. It was a bit, it might be a bit fuzzy on the, from the yeah, iPhone. That's because the mic is frozen solid. As long as everything else, as long as the host. So that, you know, Co-host. your donations help out with the heat too. We have a couple of heaters in there. Yeah. Still got to turn them on. To, they used to blow the breaker. Now they don't. Now we just need a. Because we actually use your support money to rewire the whole igloo. Yeah. The breaker doesn't blow anymore. That's a real bonus. The support money did rewire the igloo. Now we just need it to have a little reminder that says, turn the fucking heater back on. Because <laughs> <laughs> what you want to ideally leave it at like five degrees uh, in there. Well, no, this year I've just been leaving it at fucking room temperature. Because I think it's actually with that oil heater, I think it's cheaper on heat on the hydro bill <clears throat> to just leave that thing on, maintain it. As opposed to like more than five degrees, like at, at what? Yeah, like 15, I keep it at like, like, yeah, I keep it at around 18. Wow. Hmm. Pretty much so that with the TV on for like a half an hour, it's comfortable. It warms up. Yeah, it warms right up. Not that 18 is not comfortable, but if I had to guess in here right now, I'd say it's around like three. <laughs> Can you see your breath? Not anymore. When I first came Without in here, the I could. smoke? I don't even have any smoke on me. I ate a bunch of Phoenix deers earlier, so I'm pretty good. Still fighting off the sore back. Oh, yeah, the cold. Flu. I think it was a flu from that fucking flu shot. No, what? You didn't get a flu shot. No. Probably someone else got it. Shed it on me. Sons of bitches. 
<laughs> she had the flu shot on you. It's, been a, funny. it's been a rough year for flu. Yeah. I'm yeah, pretty good. Both kids got it, then me now, mom. And then when I was at work today, a couple other people were going down. Yep. Fucking dropping like flies. Not me, buddy. No. You always seem to maintain somehow. Or then you talk a bunch of shit and then you go down fucking hard. Yeah, that's what'll happen. Exactly. Now that I've mentioned it, I'll wake up tomorrow totally sick. Fucking boom, your weekend will be shot fucking sick. No, don't be sick tomorrow. No, I won't be. I'll be there. Fucking pile pile in some fucking oregano oil. Yeah, I got that and some vitamin C and some natural stuff to do. To do what's the natural stuff? Cocaine? Well, vit- vitamin C and oregano oil. Oh, that's it. And some natural stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pounding the vitamin C like crazy, too. I don't know if that's an old wise tale or not, but I do fucking pound that shit. No, I listened to a show the other day that was really clear on the benefits of that, but I don't know how bioavailable it is and depending on what, you know, how you take it. But some people were talking about how it used to be like you could just take massive amounts of that and it would clean up anything. Really interesting. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll eat some more when I get in the house. That reminds me, before you fucking cut me off, a few Spotify people and uh, Spotify, YouTube people always have trouble, have been having trouble with the black budget feed. So that's an RSS feed. You got to copy oh, yeah, paste right. that into your podcast player. If you're using Spotify or something, that's not going to work. So just go to grammarica.ca support, scroll down to the bottom. You'll see a red fucking thing there. It says click here for content or something. Supporter content. Click on that. You have to put in the password, which I may or may not have emailed to you. If I haven't emailed to you, you're going to have to email me again because, you know, I should just add the password to the copy paste, eh? I should add that so it's all part of the same copy paste. I actually had a guy from France... I don't have his name in front of me because the board's frozen. Francois? No, from the country France. His name wasn't Francois. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pretty racist. Jean, Is that Jean? racist? Jean-Claude? I don't know. Anyway, he sent a donation, and I sent him the thing, and he replied and said my copy-paste skills were second to none. Wow. Yeah. Good. It was one of those ones that I was, like, playing on my phone when the email came in. So he probably got the link within like 90 seconds. Of fucking that will never happen again. So. <laughs> no, that was a once in a fucking And if blip. people have troubles, <laughs> there's no point in emailing me because then when I forward it to Darren, he doesn't read my email. So you're, you're better off just sending it to him directly. Yeah, if I haven't given you the black budget feed and I owe it to you, don't be afraid to hound me. It really just does take me a second and I probably just got sidetracked. Yeah, it's a manual process. We, we haven't got it automated. The way things work around here will never have that automated, I don't think. That, well, I no. guess you could. If you didn't have the third party, I think that's where it gets tough, unless you can do it automatically through, but then that's not the same. So can you just expand on that a little bit for people with their podcast players, and if you're actually um, adding a don't, adding an RSS feed, how to do that, or adding your link? Well, like they're all different. So, I know, but there's a, there's a main... main uh, It'll, it'll be under right? add new so, podcasts and you'll add them with a feed instead of don't search the directory or input the name. You should be able to so just punch the feed in. This is an RSS feed. That's the only or, way you're going to be able to do it too, because it's not searchable. 
or well, it is in a bunch manually. of so so usually there's a like yeah, an app manually, podcast right. manually thing and then they would give you a bunch of options and you can that's you can how it is in the it. apple one which is probably what most people would be using yeah and then you get that link right and then that link is there and it's there for all the black budget episodes and we just put out extra content in there it's a little more controversial or fun like the trivia thing and we're doing we were doing uh an episode with our friend uh on sort of global probably what would you call it like global geopolitics kind of stuff which would be fun and you know there's yeah. some more stuff like that in there yeah tons of fun stuff some more ideas coming up oh we're gonna go caving soon and we're still putting you know more out every week in the regular feed too we're still sort of going for like six a month kind of instead of four a month yeah, the Spelunkin video will probably be for the regular feed for sure. We're going to interview some local cave people out in Canmore. They're going to take us on a cave tour. And we're gonna oh, we also recently did the Skies Over Grimerica with David Matheson on YouTube as well. That's, so that's still out there, right? That's there, yeah. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's right. That was a fun one. We'll do that again in another month or so. Because so when are, when are we Spelunkin? Uh, they're supposed to email me. They were out of town for another like couple days and then they're, but I think it's like the first half of February. Yeah. It's always the same temperature in the cave, I guess. Not like the igloo. Not like the igloo. My feet are fucking so frozen right now. I don't have any socks on. I'm just wearing (laughs) slippers. Just keep breathing through it, buddy. It's good for you. It's good for you. That'll help your cold. Oh yeah. It's wonderful. Fucking okay. America fucking 277. Darren gets pneumonia. Fucking <laughs> knock on wood. I've had pneumonia before. I think I'm susceptible now. Is that how that works? Nope. No? Nope. You say that with quite a bit of confidence. Hey, Google, if you get pneumonia once, are you more likely to get pneumonia again? Here's a summary from the website irishnews.com. If you've had pneumonia before, you're probably more likely to get it again because there's a chink in your armor, something within your immune system that's <laughs> where the illness takes Hey, Google, stop. Maybe hey, Google, stop. Hey, Google, are vaccines safe? Got a chick, so now you got a chink in the armor, eh? It's probably easier to read about that. Ooh. Wow. Oh. I'm surprised it didn't answer it. So that's pretty scientific. You got a chink. So now you got a chink in your armor, Darren. It'll say it. I've, it'll say I have a chink in my armor, but it won't say vaccines are safe. Is it supposed to be kink in your armor? I think it's kink, isn't it? What are you thinking? Chink is racist. <laughs> I don't think chink has a meaning like that. I think it's supposed to be. Hey Google, what does chink mean? Oh, Jesus. Chink, you a know. narrow opening or crack, typically one that admits light. Oh yeah, I guess it would be. That. He looked real worried for a second there. <laughs> <coughs> hey Google, are vaccines dangerous? I can see what the web has to say. Yeah, see, they want to avoid that. She ain't coming back. If George Soros has his way, that Google wouldn't be answering those types of questions. Well, I could almost agree with him there. You think we could change it to Bing? Maybe. Bing, bing, bong. Bing, bing, bong. Uh, so I got a good couple really good I'm naked without my jingles. Yeah, okay. Bring. 
So we're doing the listener segment? I guess. This is from... Uh, this fucking thing hey. still isn't on. It's been 48 minutes. Oh, this shit, it just turned on. Did it? I don't know. Last time it turned on, as soon as I started trying to press buttons, it just shut off again. But it's been almost an hour. Okay, this is from uh, Rick in New Jersey. Hey, guys, long time, first time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm traveling down the rabbit hole right now, and I wanted to share some info with, I think, that you guys will find interesting. I was listening to a podcast on the Unabomber, and they were talking about how his time at Harvard and Dr. Henry Murray's mind control experiments on him, and it sparked a memory. Is that Professor Ted? Yeah. When I was 18, I'm now 27, I was partying with a buddy, and we crashed at his sister's boyfriend's house that night. We were warned that he had a crazy aunt and to not mind her too much. The next morning, she barges into the room. We were sleeping on the floor, and she screams at me, You aren't who you say you are. You're not from Perth, Amboy, are you? Mind you, I live in New Jersey. So I said, "Um, No, I'm from Edison. That's, That's one town over. And then she asked me if I was affiliated with Princeton University. I said, no. She said, okay, and closed the door. A few minutes later, we fully woke up and went to leave. As we walked down the stairs, the crazy aunt starts screaming at me. You tell them at Princeton, I'm not theirs anymore. I'm free. I'm not their plaything." We ran right out the door and just thought she was crazy. Now I hear this Harvard thing and think maybe she wasn't just crazy. I started looking into MK Ultra, Princeton Connections, and came across a few things. The CIA had a big consulting relationship with at least 15 professors at that school. Something called NIE, National Intelligence Evaluations, and this is a Cold War Vietnam era, so we can guess what they were evaluating. Next, I came across John Selby, who is a psychiatrist that is pretty well known. He wrote a few books and works with HuffPo. He states that in 1966, while attending Princeton, he volunteered for a paid hypnosis program for three years. Due to the declassification of MKUltra, he learned that he was part of the program. Now, the location they were doing this at was a place six miles away from the school called New Jersey Neuropsychiatric Institute. Now, this is a town called Montgomery in New Jersey and is a community known as Skillman. When I first saw this, I almost shit my pants because here's a synchro for you. At this place, Skillman, there was an abandoned lot in the woods with three buildings in it. When I was 18, we were there on a weird New Jersey trip a bunch of times and got into it once. I wonder, he's got NJ here, but I wonder if that means New Jersey or if that's some sort of hallucinogen. Sounds like New Jersey to me. Yeah. In the basement of one of the buildings, there were overturned file cabinets with papers all over. We grabbed a few, and I had a few case files talking about how they were patients that were extremely disturbed and disillusioned. One paper I had, a statement from a nurse, said that one patient kept ripping out his catheter so much that he flayed his ding-dong. Duh. So come to find out this place is that I visited when I was younger is the exact same place where MK Ultra experiments were taking place. It was closed in 1995 and it finally got knocked down in 2011. And there's a few more things, but I'm not hundred percent sure on them yet. But this last one, the last one is this. 
two people were on the board at New Jersey Neuropsychiatric Institute that anyone into psychedelics would know. And they were Humphrey Osmond and Timothy Leary. I'm not going to ramble on until I find out more. If you guys know anyone who could maybe give me more info on the Princeton part of MKUltra, I would really appreciate it. Support coming soon. I'm sorry. I just bought a house, guys. Thanks for the time. I'll keep you updated regardless if I hear back. Pew, pew. This fucking jingle boy is acting crazy. It's turned on and shut off like five times. Yeah, thanks for the email. Oh my god, it's terrible. I want a good score from a synchronicity. Brain reads it out, then Darren might give it to me. Hey, don't you please okay. read it low? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounded up. really bad. I think that's just for you. That might be just for me, but that did sound terrible. Jingle okay, so hey. Holding strong at 1%. This is little, it's a little synchronicity. This is from, should I say his name? This is from Chris. In Canada, in Ontario, he says, Hey, I love the show. Recently discovered your show after hearing you in the Tinfoil Hat podcast. I got to say that your show's guests have blown my mind in a few times, and I'm starting to make connections between a lot of different so-called conspiracies that I've been into for years. Anyway, I wanted to share a synchro that happened to me the other day. I just finished having a conversation with my wife about schooling our daughter, and we are on the fence with homeschooling or not, leaning towards homeschooling to avoid indoctrination. And then I listened to the episode with Kathy Eck, and she was talking about no schooling. This got my mind going about another possibility. Anyways, I went to shoppers because I had to and shoppers for all the Americans and is Europeans it, out there. It's just, a drug, it's just a drug store. It's like Rexall or like uh, uh, there's a one in the States here that they have everywhere. I can't remember what it's called, though. Um, where am I? Because I had to pick up antibiotics for my son and we were as we were walking around killing time waiting for this prescription to be filled. I walked over to the book wrap book rack and seen a captain underpants book i opened the front cover and the quote imagination is more important than knowledge by albert einstein was printed on the cover told my wife about this and i don't think my kids will ever be seeing the inside of a classroom keep up the great work and keep the amazing guests coming cheers who'd we have on back in the day about homeschool and stuff Oh, geez. There was a really good educa- education episode. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember now. That's just criminal, Graham. And you can? Uh, I, I could if I wasn't on the spot here. and I could probably think about it. But. No, I know who it is. I'm just seeing if you know. Jeffrey something? David J. Rodriguez, bitch. Ooh, ooh, good one. I Googled it. Did you? Really? Yeah. You found it in the Googles? I just Googled Grammarica Education, came right up, number 149. Well, good for you. David J. Rodriguez is the publisher of the Underground History of American Education by the world-famous teacher, John Taylor Gatto. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. Sounds good, bro. Yeah, it's a good one, and I uh, strongly support your decision to homeschool your children. Yep, that's what you're doing, right? Technically, my wife does most of the work. Well, I mean you as a family. Yes. Actually, I think 
one of these weekends here, they're in like their first like space one. So we're going to go buy the fucking balls at the craft store and make a little solar system like we used to back in the day. I don't understand what you mean. They're in the space. What do you mean? They're doing a module, like a homeschooling module? Yeah, yeah. They follow like a little curriculum. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But then you're like, so we're able to, we use a pretty loose one. So we're able to fill it in. So we do a lot of, uh, Lisa does a lot of native stuff. That's great. You know, Cassandra's only just turned four and she was already uh, doing addition. Hmm. Yeah. Mainly because Madison's learning it all and Cassandra's right there. They're kind of just doing it together. So they're, the math, not so much, but they're still like, they're like fucking attached at the hip. So they're always sort of paying attention to what the other one's doing. So now, yeah, Cassandra's managed to pick up uh, addition. Wow, that's great. Yeah, Madison's learning division. Huh. So I don't know, it's tough. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work and you worry. And I mean, I don't even do a lot of work. I mean, God bless Lisa does all the work. I just uh, help out where I can, when I can, support when I can. But uh, yeah, they, you know, they just, it, it amazes me how quick they learn. You know what? I went in the house the other day after our fucking leopardy contest. And I uh-huh. asked Madison how many hearts an octopus has. Yeah. And she said three and walked away. They could have to have her on the show one day. School us about yeah. that. School us about fucking was that, a, was that an intuitive guess, do you think, or did she know? No, she knows. Guaranteed she really? knows. Yeah. Wow. She's an, an animal fucking nut. Really, eh? Yeah. Hmm. She's got her dad's memory. Long term? And short term. <laughs> her, her short term is unspoiled. <laughs> so, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, fuck. It was just six grown men that couldn't answer that question in the studio. My six-year-old knock it out of the park. Anywho. What else you got? A UFO quote? I think I can get the... I do, yeah. I've got a... You know, I've got a funky one from... off a fucking webpage. I know, but, you know... I'm going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. So I've got it. I've got something from WikiLeaks here, but it's quite long. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. So it might be fun if we have time, and it's an appropriate one, like for you know mm-hmm. Delanova and Brian episode coming up here. It's it's appropriate, uh, or I can just pull a normal UFO quote, which is a, like a paragraph. It's up to you, buddy. You pick. Uh, go with the quote section. Okay. And save the other stuff. Okay. There was something definite in the sky. If it had proved to be hostile, we would have destroyed it. That was Major General Smith, USAF, one of the F-106 pilots, scrambled under orders from NORAD, that's the North American Air Defense Command, to investigate a UFO over West Palm Beach, Florida, September 14, 1972. 
The UFO was viewed through binoculars by the FAA supervisor, George Morales, cited by an Eastern Airlines captain, police, and several civilians, as well as being tracked on radar by Miami International Airport and Homestead Air Force Base. That's it. Are you typing? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you typing. I'm just, I'm just t- finishing the, the little, I have to, you know, say what episodes it's in and stuff and track it all properly. There you have it. Yep. What, uh, what he, it's loud over there. Yeah, the heater's on. Sorry, uh, maybe we should just wrap this up then. And yeah, so. it's good. It's a long one. It goes pretty long. Anyway, we'll get you back in the studio. Like I say, it's not a very comfortable night in the studio anyhow. But uh, it's supposed to warm up next week, so here's hoping. Spring's coming. Yeah. Hopefully this is the last cold snap. Yeah, that might be a bit much, but here's hoping. Uh, all right, buddy. Well, thanks right, for joining me. Big thanks okay. to Dell and Brian for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for tuning in. Support the show if you can and enjoy the interview. So we've got Delanova Star Livingston back in the studio with us and uh, Brian Kenworthy, a new friend from one of our local CSETI groups. And uh, Delanova is actually in Ontario as well. We did an episode before on, on audio only and we were talking about doing video and sure enough, we, we screwed up the audio. That's a, it, was a, it was our fault. So we decided just to jump in and do video again. So we're kind of repeating this process. Hopefully we catch everything that we caught before because... I feel like it was a really good episode besides the audio problem. So thanks for your patience, guys, and coming back on the show. Um, Delanova's been writing writing books on um, the radionic ships, and and Brian's had lots of personal experiences himself. So we're kind of talking a lot about, you know, UFOs and clouds and fifth dimensions and Christ consciousness and all kinds of good stuff. So welcome back to the studio, guys. Thanks. Well, all right, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, I want to thank uh, Graham and uh, Darren for, for this. This is quite an opportunity because we are uh, bringing to humanity's attention a, uh, a fleet of uh, UFOs, call them that, the radionic ships that nobody knows about. And they have reached the point where they want a disclosure made. This is outside of the government structures and so on. And Brian, I want to thank you because you're the one that set up this meet, so to speak, you know, through. uh, And Brian was met by running into the stuff that I already had up on the website and the radionic ships. And it caught his attention because 
he'd been doing photographs of these things for a couple of years. He was a retired railway engineer running from, if I'm right, Medicine Hat to Grimsby, Alberta, right out in the middle of the Alberta prairies with unlimited vistas. And uh, he was noticing these clouds that were different than, you know, they just looked too much unusual to be cloud clouds. So he started photographing. Well, sure enough, I've got six of them in the, uh, in the website now that are just really, really good examples of what I'm going to be talking about. And I have to thank Brian for it. So, so he's kind of like a kinpin and all. I'm going to jump in with a little thought right at this point. Then I'm going to introduce actually what this whole thing is about. But this idea of these radionic ships, which are magnetic, they're called radionic uh, because they radiate magnetically. You don't see the ships, but when cloud vapors move through where they're sitting, the water vapor in the clouds ionize and then take up the form of the magnetic field they're putting out. So you see the clouds, you don't see the ships. And um, I have the photographs from Brian, and the first photographs he started taking after seeing these things for, for a couple of years, years and years, was in 2012. I have four or five that came from somebody up in Huntsville, and it's the same thing. He'd been seeing them and started to photograph them in 2012. And I finally have somebody from Kampala, Uganda, that had picked up my stuff on the website. And he sent me a bunch of photos of which four or five are up on the web. And his started in 2012. So, ergo, 2012 is when the button got pushed. <laughs> you know, the, the, the fact is that the radionic ships, they're called the radionic ships of the heavenly host. They've been around for thousands upon thousands of years. The biblical references of clouds, you know, he went up in a cloud, came down from the cloud, 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 there's 20. If you Google clouds in the Bible, at least 20 different passages come up and they are talking. The references are about the radionic cloud ships. These are not ships that guise themselves, you know, hide themselves in clouds. They, in fact, make the clouds they're they're actually the clouds so to speak they will and i'll get into this later they will at certain times uh do a cloak you know they'll bring a moisture vapor around themselves so they look just like a cloud but otherwise it's it's a signature cloud structure that we're looking at now this whole um uh, piece of work uh, i'm the wordsmith by the way this is not my invention this is not my thesis i'm not uh, channeling any of that kind of junk uh, this is revelatory all the way, uh, and I'm the wordsmith. I get the thought, or I sort of, by feeling, I'm told what it is, and I have to put it into words, and it's not easy. Sometimes it takes weeks to get the right phrasing for it, but I'm the wordsmith, so we'll go with that. But this stuff all started in, uh, you know, the book started in 70, in 99, um, and it originally came out as a book called The Revelatorium. Um and that expanded over the years a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. I put the website up for the first time in in 99. I put the first book up in Amazon in about 2009. But by about um, 2015, it had swelled up to about 450 pages, which is too big for that kind of stuff. So I split it in half. Uh, half of the original revelatorium information dealt with the intelligent design of creation. This is not like a mathematical guess. This is how creation works. It's the intelligent design starting from the very, very beginning and going all the way through to untold energies and you know centuries in the future. But the first book now, uh, it's called The Revelatorium Revelations. It's now a three volume set. 
The first book is uh, half of the original Revelatorium. It's now called The Intelligent Design of Creation. On the web, it's called designofcreation.com. The second book is the rest of the Revelatorium, which deals with um, how soul atoms are created, uh, the tree of life, uh, fountain of youth, you know, the number of the beast, all these different factors, which are spiritual principles, not like things. Um, and they are now in uh, a second book, which is the other half, called The Revelatorium of Alpha and Omega. It's on the web as simply revelatorium.com. And then starting about two and a half years ago, the buzz came through to start a third book, which is just going to be a chapter at the end of the original Revelatorium, uh, called The Radionic Ships of the Heavenly Host. Well, uh, it's now a 420-page book all of its own. And there's over 650 photographs from all around the world of the examples of these clouds that I'm going to show you in a couple of minutes. That's sort of the original background of this. And I'm going to throw the pitch in at the front so I can repeat it again at the end. The input, this is a revelatory piece of work for mankind because we're we're now, most people know, we're into the age of Aquarius, which is a 2,000-year dispensation. During Aquarius, galactic law, full galactic law is lowered down into mankind's consciousness or into humanity's consciousness. It's already underway. It started. Everybody knows that the consciousness is starting to go up. That's why. The, it's called in 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 the higher spiritual spiritual circles that whole collective uh, body of information is called the great book. So the expression is now during Aquarius the great book will be opened at last because it's been twenty five thousand years since the last time it was opened. Wow! Uh, and the revelatorium and the three volumes. Sorry, twenty five thousand years or twenty five hundred? Twenty five thousand? No, thousand. Like the I should have said thousand. Like if I said hundred, no, I'm no, wrong. No, you said 000. you said thousand. So that's like the great. Well, no, it's twenty five thousand. Yeah. The, the dispensa- dispensations are two thousand year cycles that are you know lengths of time that are called dispensations because energy is dispensed into the consciousness. During that time, we have just finished the Piscean dispensation of 2,000 years. 2,000 years ago now, we've just come into the age of Aquarius. So now these new frequencies are coming in for the next 2,000. At the end of 2,000, we're facing Capricorn, which is the next one. And this is interesting. A lot of people don't know this. It's the same frequencies as the sun signs. The dispensations actually are the same frequencies, only much greater and much longer, but they're the same frequencies. They're called astrophysical. And there's only the 12 in all of creation of these 12, these frequencies. The sun signs, which are the ones that go from like Pisces, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, and so on, they clock clockwise through the through the count. The dispensations do the reverse. We went through Aries, you know, the golden age of Greece and all that. We just finished Pisces, and now we're coming into Aquarius. Then we'll be into Capricorn. So because the they're the sunset the signs are going in two different directions the image of the fish in all astrophysical symbols is the fish swimming in both directions because the the astrophysical signs are going in both directions so that's a that's a little tip for people that are following that the the point of the dispensations is there are 12 because there are 12 different you know uh, sun signs so give or take a few thousand or you know hundred thousand whatever you've got a twenty five thousand year cycle the yeah. last time we were at this point was the Garden of Eden in the fifth dimension. And it defaulted. Mankind got booted back down into the third dimension. Um, and we're just coming back out of that cycle now. At, and at the end of Aquarius, uh, the bottom line of creation is the fifth dimension. Throughout the rest of you, you know, the creation is 900 trillion light years old. 
cross. It's not uh, 13.5 billion light years. That's not even off the back porch. It's 900 trillion light years across. It's still in diapers as far as its eventual you know, growth is concerned. Um, but through all of that creation, there's no such thing as consciousness in the third and fourth dimensions. Its bottom line is the fifth. That's where it starts. And uh, mankind here had uh, uh, the Adamic root race uh, on this planet uh, three and a half million years ago through a misadventure, fell into the third dimension and have been trapped there ever since. So there's been attempts to get them back to the fifth. The Garden of Eden was one. Uh, but it's reached the point now of no return. It can't continue this way anymore. So in this lifetime, in this cycle for the next 2,000 years, it's up or out. Uh, at the end of Aquarius, those whose consciousness have expanded enough that they're able to go back up into the fifth will be returned into the fifth dimension and continue. But those that didn't make it will be divested. There's 2,500 planets in all of creation, all local here in this local small group of a thousand galaxies called the local universe. This is the only place in all of creation where there's a third dimension. There's only 2,500. And Earth is at the bottom 10%, but at the top of the bottom 10%. So um, it could be a lot worse and it could be a whole lot better as far as, you know, everybody thinks how bad things are here. It could be an awful lot worse. It could be an awful lot better. The point is that those that didn't make it at the end of Aquarius will be divested off into one of the other 2,500 and continue their incarnations in the lower dimensions until they finally wake up and clear their consciousness enough to do it. So that's part of the program that's underway right now. Part of why these ships are here. Is it, take, pardon me? is it possible we could be demoted even further to like two-dimensional? <laughs> no. Just like a comic book? <laughs> no, we're, it's already, the bottom line has been reached actually a while back. We're this is where the, we and, are, the bottom of no, the barrel? No, no, oh, no. Okay. We're coming out of okay, okay. No, but it's funny that you said that. Earth, there's 2,500 planets that have Luciferian conditions, and I'll get into that later on, what that's all about. Um, uh, that are a lesser frequency. You know, creation is a really pure, there's no such thing as uh, as good or evil in the fifth dimension above. Those words have no place because everything is harmonious. There's no such thing as disharmony. It's only down through the Luciferian actions down here. And um, the the uh, Earth, you know, as I said, right now we are in the cleanup in the aftermath of the Luciferian self-will rebellion of the cosmic overplus. If you can swallow that, I'll explain that later. The actual Luciferian rebellion that started five billion years ago is called the Luciferian self-will rebellion of the cosmic overplus. Cosmic overplus because this local universe of a thousand galaxies is unique in all of creation. It has an extra high positive intelligence factor for things to come that none of the others have. And Lucifer used those frequencies to promote this idea of living in the third dimension, pushing life down to the third. Um, the, the, the idea of the self-will rebelling is because what Lucifer did, uh, and I'll explain why, uh, he did it instead of, uh, you were created and brought into creation to be of love and service to the creation for the creators. That's your purpose here on life. Uh, Christ consciousness, which is, it's like Earth has 3,500 different races and species, and everybody's different, but there's only one consciousness. Your consciousness, my consciousness, exactly the same. doesn't matter where you are, who you are. Even the guy herding goats in the desert, it's the same consciousness. There's only one consciousness. That's universal. There's only one consciousness throughout all of creation. It's called Christ consciousness. It's the consciousness of the only begotten son, daughter. That's the whole show right there. There's only one consciousness. Now, Lucifer took it 
the other way. He said, well, forget about all of that stuff up there and the responsibility. I'm going to make myself responsible only to myself. I can do what I want. This was the self-will rebellion. He rebelled against higher cause, and then they tried to set up their own universe. Had a start, but it didn't go very far, of, of a universe in which everybody was only responsible to themselves. So you had these guys setting themselves up as demigods. That's what the word demigod came from. Um, you know, Thor and you know Zeus, all those guys, they were all demigods. Uh, you know, I'm 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 God, you know. But for a very small group of people, actually, in hindsight, you know, all things considered. Point being that there are 2,500 planets that are being now starting to be cleared in the aftermath, which we're in called Armageddon. Armageddon is affecting a thousand galaxies. It's not on a hillside up in Israel. Armageddon is, is the cleanup of all of those lesser frequencies through a thousand galaxies. Earth is the beta test. It's it's the first to get started, and and it's a treat. It's a well a beta test, best way to put it. Things are tried. If they work, they'll go upstairs to the other ones. If they don't work, then we'll try something else. There's been two or three things that have already worked well here that have already been moved upstairs. So Earth is the is the beta test. That's why there seems to be so much going on here, because it's like, um, well, how do I put it? If you, if you walked into the middle of a of a prison in the middle of Colorado, you, you couldn't believe how bad. You know, you're out in the, in the inmate yard, you know, where all that crap's going on. But that's not the way society is. That's just that tiny little piece of the worst of the worst. Well, Earth is like that to the rest of creation. We're, but we're, all of us here that are watching the show in this type of consciousness, we're here as volunteers to help clean up the mess. We're not, you're either part of the problem or part of the, uh, you know, clean up. Yeah. Uh, part of the solution. We're all here part of the solution. Uh, the common term now is light workers, which is a good, good for it. But, but we're, the, we're the Christ voluntary feet on the ground people. The heavenly hosts upstairs are the heavenly host in the air, so to speak. What are, and there's a harmonization between us. What are, they're, they're guiding us in every step. What are a couple of those examples of the things that got moved up? Uh, oh, well. Like the successful uh, things that got moved up. Well, here's, here's, here's a very, very good one. I mentioned the intelligent design of creation that had come through in the original Revelatorium. It turns out that there were four different people on the planet who were given the principles of the intelligent design to bring forward into uh, an outer expression of some kind. I was given uh, a model of geometry to express it through. The intelligent design is modeled through simple geometric, you know, the sacred geometry type stuff. That's not the intelligent design. That strictly models the rules and principles that the design is. But it models it extremely well, almost perfectly. Uh, there was four. And I still, to this day, haven't found out where the other three are. But there was four that were given the principles of the intelligent design, four different ways of expressing it. Then in 1999, almost literally like a Academy Award, this was one night in a vision state, uh, there was a ceremony, there was four of us standing in front of a lady who was receiving an envelope from behind. She was going to open the envelope, and whichever name popped out was the one whose work was going to be accepted. And that work was going to be, the feeling was that it was going to go out to the stars. That was the one that would go out to the stars. Well, the revelatorium was the one that got picked. The revelatorium intelligent design has gone out to the other planets. That's one. There was a Christ teaching given in 71, which I attended. It's where I got my start. Uh, it wasn't like the, the revelatory intelligent design. It's, it, it was kick-started by that teaching. Uh, there's the chapter on um, the cubits. 
I think it's chapter, whatever it is in the intelligent design, the chapter on qubits is pretty close to everything that was uh, taught, or everything in that chapter was taught then, but the rest of it is all fairly new since 99. Um, but that Christ teaching, you see, when the, when the evolutionary are taught Christ principle, I have to go back a step here. I'm, I'm going to be jumping around a wee bit like this. The bottom line of creation is the fifth dimension. There are two uh, uh, categories of beings in creation. There's called a descending order of beings. They start, they're fully Christ triune. They are brought down dimension, dimension to their dimension of office, fifth dimension being the lowest. Uh, and they're the administrative or bureaucracy of creation. They're the people that run everything. All right. The other side is called an ascending order or evolutionary order of being. They start off in the fifth dimension with very, very little Christ consciousness. They're they're fine in intelligence. They're fine in substance attributes, so on. But they are literally no Christ consciousness at, the, at their start. They go through many, many, many incarnations through the fifth dimension uh, on different planets under certain different circumstances, so on, learning what Christ consciousness is all about you know they're they're taught it step by step by step what christ consciousness is at the end of that whole progress however millions of years even billions of years in some cases they are collectively whatever planet on they receive a it's called a bestow a triune paradisical triune being incarnates into their midst for a thousand years and exemplifies teaches and exemplifies before them what how Christ consciousness does its thing, so to speak. That's a simple way of putting it. What Christ consciousness is and how it works. They see it. That sets them ready to be able to be ascended. This is where the term ascending come from. You know, people say, I'm going to send myself to the fourth dimension now. Well, no, you're not. Uh, ascendancy, they are ascended up collectively into the seventh dimension, this particular race group. And there they will begin the same process of incarnation, learning how to put it into practice, learning how to do Christ consciousness. When that's done, then they're back up into the inner creation, eventually at the feet of the creator. They become trinitized at the feet of the creator as full triune Christed beings like the descendancy started out. They go back out and help the descendancy now as part of the, for the next wave of evolution. And that's how the whole of creation is expanding outwards and upwards all the time because when the evolutionary move in consciousness upward all the time, they're bringing a, uh, a sort of a glimmering of Christ consciousness that expands all the way until they become trinitized, which becomes a maximized Christ consciousness. So the Christ consciousness factor is growing step by step by every evolutionary that reaches the feet of the creator. So, so the whole purpose of creation is to build that body of Christ consciousness as a collective amount because... Originally, there was only intelligent breath, which is of the father and uh, personified now as alpha. This is why alpha and omega are the father and the mother. Uh, and omega was, was tiny particles of substance collectively known as omega uh, and collectively substance. But there's no energy up there at all. And those two frequencies were slowly fading, falling in frequency down, 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 down. This is right out of the intelligent design of creation, so I jumped a bit of a way, but this is the back story a bit for the radionic ships. Um, it's falling, 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 and there's a conundrum here because if you have a frequency that's going up in frequency, there's no limit to how high it can go. It can be 100 trillion today, it can double that, triple that, it can keep going, and there's no far limit to how far back it can go, but if the frequency's coming down, 
there's a logical limit because when it reaches the point of no more vibrations, it's done. That's it. It's done. They saw their frequencies coming up in the, this is the 18th dimension, Evan Pool of Darkness, where these intelligent breath and tiny particles are. They could see the vibrations coming down. So without going into 16 hours of how the intelligent, you know, only begotten son daughter was brought into consciousness and being as part of their third aspect of their trinity. Energy was brought into being as their attribution, so on. So that with the energy, intelligence, and action part of energy now, uh, I didn't get that right, the intelligence, substance, and energy things together, they could now create outer forms of themselves in manifested form that didn't degrade. That's what creation is. It's an outer manifestation growing step by step of themselves that isn't degrading. And eventually, all of the ebb and pool of darkness, which is, you know, uh, what's, what's the word? Endless reaches of the deep. It's just can be, you know, converted into eternal intelligence, energy, substance in one shot. But it has to have energy to do it because there was an energy up there. So this whole evolutionary cycle of the ascending evolutionary beings is building up that energy quotient until eventually, when I say we're only at the start of the whole show, eventually there will be enough energy altogether to boom, do it in one shot. So that's what we're involved with. Huh. That's How's that? In, yeah. a, in How's a that? nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah. It, it feels no, it feels weird for me because we're we're we've uh, because we've done this before. I, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions that I've already asked you, so oh, yeah. it, it is going to feel a bit weird. And uh, and I just wanted to mention too that you know Brian, I want to get uh, for sure get some get you to mention some of your experiences as well before we before the end. And I mean, I met Brian at at uh, we were on the same email thread for quite a while, and then we met at uh, one of our CSETI groups and. It was awesome just having a bunch of really cool conversations. And, you know, I meet these people uh, in my normal life. And, and when we talk about the podcast and what kind of guests we have on and, and what kind of topics we talk about, it's funny. Like people either fall into a camp where they know they know quite a few of them or they just have no idea, right? They just don't know. And me and Brian, Brian kept talking about, oh, so have you, have you ever looked into this stuff or that stuff? I'm like, yeah, we had them on the show. We had it we thought we had, there's about 10 or 15 topics that we were talking about uh, similar. So it's good to ha have you here as well, Brian. So I, yeah, I guess, right I guess um, I think probably listeners would want to hear a little bit about the process mm -hmm. about how you get this information because we've had Grant Cameron on a few times on the show oh, and he's yeah. a yeah, yeah. Canadian yeah. UFO researcher and he's, he went from the, kind of like the governmental work, the nuts and bolts and the research and the paperwork and the memos and to, to the consciousness aspect of it. And he started meeting people that have been having these downloads and, you know, we've, we've had guests on that have had near death experiences and had uh, certain things happen in their life, which after that have, have given them access to higher information or what you call downloads or whatever. So, you know, and then there's the channeling aspect. So I guess, I would question, or I have a question of, like, well, can yeah, you tell, actually, explain people, like, is, is it channeling? Is it, is it a download? No, like, how does no. that work? Like, all right, well, this is now going to finish off what I just discussed, this whole, this whole entire mammoth cosmic plan that's going on to bring, you know, the falling frequencies into eternal uh, status. Uh, I don't channel, I don't, you know, you know, the fingers don't work automatically and so on. I get the thought that it, but. There's the odd time when something will come through. I was at, this would be, um, I'm trying to get the time frame. This probably 2002, typing away one day, and 
Now, keep in mind this whole big cosmic plan that I just talked about, you know, the you know energy being built so that the whole thing could be converted. That's what's going on. And I looked on the screen and there was the sentence that um, by their order, which means like pl uh, plan and rules and so on, not not a group. Saying, by their order, they worked the darkness into light. And I went backwards off my chair. That one sentence just said the entirety of what I spent the last 10 minutes talking about and the, and the whole of the intelligent design book is about. By their order, they worked the darkness into light. It just it's perfect, you know. And the other one, I only had two. The other one I was typing away and I looked up and it said, the making of eternity is daily work. Now, I really like that one. The making of eternity is daily work. The rest of the time, it's basically I get the thought, I work it out. I get help because sometimes I'm typing away and I start... It's almost like somebody algorithms, no, that's not right. You know, I can feel really uncomfortable. I go back and try it again, and then it feels right. That's it. Everything's being done by, you know, feeling and... and intuition, intuition and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to finish off this. I want to go back to how did this start, like you're talking about Dan Cameron and so on. Um, with the with the radionic ships book, there's 650 photos in there and some mammoth amounts of enhancements had to go in it because some of them turned out it started off just dirty brown with nothing showing and now you've got a really nice almost like a full color photograph but i've seen the cursor you know you work with a slider and an enhancement photo enhancement program i've seen the cursor slide all by itself over to the right perfect setting it's happened to me many times somebody's watching what i'm doing and helping me along i'm not getting it that's the cursor i'm i'm not even touching anything the cursor goes over you know so this started off, um, the, the long and the short of it is as quick as I mean, because a lot of people relate to this type of thing. In, uh, in the mid-60s, uh, I, I, this is not a boast. This is to make a point and set things up. Uh, I was a, quite an accomplished chess player, uh, bridge player, uh, Go player, Japanese Go, uh, pretty good at uh, poker cards and so on. I was a national rugby player. I was could have played professional football. I didn't go to the spring camp that I was offered to, but I was that good an athlete. The point is that in 65, I stopped them all just like that. And I've never played the chess game since I've never done anything that so I was as 3d as you could get, but that cleared the, the debris out of the way so that the higher stuff that was waiting to start coming through could start coming down without interference. So all of a sudden, now I went through the hippies, you know, the hippies were all consciousness expanding people. So on. I went through all of that expansion, so on. So at the end of, at the end of of, of two thousand, wrong. At the end of nineteen seventy, yeah, I was fairly well along in consciousness. I knew a bit about the Luciferian stuff, but not much. I saw a poster. This would be in December. A lecture was being given in Vancouver. It simply said, "You know who you are, what you are, where you're going." That's all it said. See. I was living up in Harrison Hot Springs at the time, which is 90 miles due north up the Fraser River. Bigfoot country. Well, yeah, and you're going to like the next, the very next, well, two minutes from now, you're going to like what you just said. That I knew I had to get to that lecture. I hitchhiked in, you know, on the on the on the highway to get to this stupid lecture. Well, I walked in, and of course, I'd been you know, trying to find out what I could about the Luciferian stuff and so on. And the guy walked up to this is a Friday night, walked up the blackboard and wrote, we are in the aftermath, cleaned up in the aftermath, the Luciferian self rebuilding in the cosmic overglass. I said, right. So that's how it started. So now he's giving a lecture uh, in the middle of January, just the next month 
at his at his home, which was on the second floor of an apartment building in Vancouver. Off the kitchen was a small balcony porch. So called it. This was a weekend seminar. So he called a, a coffee break. Three of us went out on the back porch. The, the, the cloud was very, very low overcast. So the city, you know, the glow of the city lights, you could see, you know, reflecting off the clouds and so on. On the porch with me was an 18-year-old girl from Brazil who was saying at the time, said, whenever I've seen a UFO, I felt, and she got that far into the sentence with her hand over her head, there was a six-foot-nine Sasquatch with me. Now, they're the shyest and gentlest people on the planet. They're absolutely beautiful souls. They're the shyest and gentlest people on the planet, which is why nobody ever sees them. They are beautiful people. And some of them have incarnated to be part of the Christ army. So there's two of them. These were two. They were brothers. One was 6'9", the other was 6'10". Parents were normal size. Anyway, so the three of us are on the back porch, and I pick up a saber jet going by, you know, just under under the cloud cover, a silver swept-back saber jet. Well, in those days, because the jets were going slow, you could hear the jet sound about 20 feet behind the plane. Jumbo jets were not jumbo jets, but um, uh, passenger planes were the same. You could hear the jet trail behind the plane. So no, no sound. I went back over there, back to the no sound. I did the twice. There's no sound. The door opened. The guy stuck his head out with a big grin and said, did you see it? Did you see the flying saucer? And went back in. So there's a guy with a direct hookup. See, I don't have a direct, I'll get to this in a minute. I don't have a direct hookup, but I'm sort of in a secondary hookup. But there was a guy at the time that was directly hooked up, feet, feet up and straight up and down. Christ was directly hooked up 2,000 years ago, same idea. So now we're, we're all the way around to uh, the late summer of 73. He's now giving some seminars down in Denver, Colorado. Some of us came down from Vancouver to assist, you know, you know, pass around the cookies and the coffee and stuff. That's a joke. But anyway, it helped, you know, keep the thing, you know, set it up and everything. So we're now, we're done. We're going to go back to Vancouver. So he had a barbecue for everybody. There's about 30 of us all together in his backyard, he and his wife. Right overhead, about a thousand feet, clear blue sky in all directions. There's a big, long, sausage-shaped cloud with fuzzy edges. We all knew what it was. You know, you know, you know, nobody said anything, but you know, it was a so now we're done. Uh, time to go. We hop in our cars. We're going north up the I-40 or whatever it is, due north. They follow us in the station wagon to give us a send-off. They come out about 40 miles. The cloud is right over top of their car. They toot, honk, wave, do a you know cross the meridian back into Denver. The cloud goes back with them. They're directly hooked up. All right. Now, so 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 I was well aware of of the UFO factor. I was told about the radionic fleet, which is millions and millions of volunteers outside the orbit of Pluto. The four horsemen of the apocalypse from Revelations are in fact the four great motherships of the fleet. And those ships teleport into Earth thousands upon thousands at a time all over all over the world. They, they teleport into the fifth dimensional ships, they teleport into the fourth dimension. And you see them by the cloud, not the water vapor, not by the ships themselves. So I knew that much about it without knowing any really basically anything more. Um, going now, I... I as far as the cloud aspect was concerned, I was shown that again in 71 without clicking on it, without connecting up. We, in the summer of 71, we went down to um, Second Beach in Vancouver, which is, you know, just along downtown core. And uh, and he said we would, uh, for sharp, we'll see a UFO. See, well, 
we didn't see a UFO, but the Georgia Strait from as far as you could see that direction to as far as you could see in that direction was all broken glass, you know, lines going in all directions, crisscrossing everything. So the whole sky looked like broken glass. Well, that was what, what, what was actually happening is the sky was full of these radionic ships putting out their magnetic fields. We were looking for the ships like everybody else does, but nobody picked up on it and he never said anything because, you know, it's sometimes you have to learn by doing it or being there instead of being told. So now I, I, I saw these things. I, I lived in, uh, uh, you know, Vancouver. Then I was in Calgary, Edmonton for a long time. And I see these things overhead. I moved to Ottawa in 81. For the entire time of 81 till about 93 or 4, these crisscrossing clouds were going on all the time. Um, basically without notice, you know. I mean, I know I observed them. Let's put it this way. Like you used to with the, with the clouds when you're out in a train without you know, photographing or without acting on it, but you noticed them. Well, I was that same with me. And then all of a sudden, just there was the thought was through, that's a radionic cloud. It's being, it's the magnetic reflection of the ship in behind in the fourth dimension. Ah, so I took a couple of photos. They're up in the website, as a matter of fact. There was two or three that were taken at that time. And then I stopped again. It was not yet time. I didn't do anything with that. I'm now in in, in Brantford, Ontario since uh, the beginning of 2013. This is about 40, 50 miles west of Hamilton, which is 100 miles west of Toronto. For those of you that aren't from this area, we're, we're just north of, um, uh, you know, on Lake Erie. I'm about 35 miles north of the Lake Erie. Um, also the home of Wayne Gretzky. And that's where the telephone was invented. <laughs> Yeah, well, Graham, yeah, there's, there's, the, you know, the, the Graham homestead is still there as a, a archive museum and, and Gretzky's uh, father's house is still up there on Colburn Street with the, with the rink in the backyard. And Wayne Gretzky Boulevard is one of the, you know, the short freeways through town. Uh, I've only know. been there one time. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah. I won't say well, why. Well, it's a nice little town. It's funny. It's, it's a, it's a 92,000. But it's cosmopolitan. It's got everything. It's got all the big box stores. You don't have to go anywhere. It's got all the. It's even got a big cinema. You know, it's six theaters. <laughs> you know, what else do you need? You know? Isn't it? It's, right, it's like you're attached to like Cambridge too, pretty much, aren't you? Well, no, we're we're thirty five. We're thirty five kilometers from Cambridge. Cambridge, then Kitchener, then uh, yeah, yeah. I lived know, in Guelph for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cambridge is really it, it's. Toronto has burst its boundaries, and Cambridge is taking. It's the one of the main places taking the overflow coming out of Toronto now. So it's really bustling. But anyway, long and the short, I move here in February of uh, 2013. There's nothing in the skies at all. No crisscrossing lines. No nothing. Nothing. And I oh boo hoo hoo. I left it all behind. You know, I'm now out of the loop. Boo. This went on until till May of. 2014. Then I got an email from my friend in Uganda that at Kapala that I'd mentioned had picked up on the website stuff of a while back. Uh, in 2012, this is not a boast, this is just to set up this next expression. Uh, I had face to face with Christ Michael of Nebadon, who was known as Jesus 2000 years ago, but he was queuing up some stuff that's going to be taking place. Bricks. He was queuing up that they're setting up a BRICS order. This is when BRICS had three three countries in it. It now has 188. So I was showing the whole blueprint in advance of the new economic system that's eventually going to be coming out through BRICS. This was in 2012. 
Anyway, uh, my friend says, I was talking to a, he was talking, he calls them, um, what does he call them, nocturnals. He said in a nocturnal last night, I was talking with this being that and he described Christ Michael perfectly. I knew, so I knew who he was talking about. He just absolutely to a T described him. He said, when he was finished, he was also being queued up some stuff. Because this is going on too. I'm not the only, and he's not the only. It's going on all the time. Anyway, he he said when he was finished, he said, "Oh my goodness, I'm going to have to tell Delanova about this." Well, he said the being said, "Say hi to Delanova for me." While he waves with his right hand. Now that's a really weird email to get from somebody. See, well, I hadn't seen anything in the skies this whole time I've been in Brantford now, which is 14 months, I guess. Eleven days later, I went out the back door for something and there was a wall to wall sitting right up there just psh, psh, well my goodness I wasn't smart enough yet to put two and two together I came out again the next morning it was still up there the light bulb went off I waved with my right hand so I'm 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 not directly connected but I'm basically quote in the loop so that's how I know this stuff now you can take that as a pile of crock if you want but by the time the thing about the, the book that's up there on uh, for sale and the and the website is by the time you've finished, you can't dismiss it because there's too much evidence for it. And what I'm going to do in the next few minutes now a bit is give you a, a bit of an example of, of the kind of things that are evidenced for it. But anyway, there it was. Okay. While he waves with his right hand. So I got a couple the, questions and so so um, since you've been looking at clouds and looking at the sky for decades. Have you seen have you seen uh, a big difference in you know the weather modification, the chemtrails, the plane spraying, well, well, chemicals yeah. in yeah, the yeah. air, and like you know now they're crisscrossing clouds all over the place, and they're well, man, yeah, and no, they're man made. So yeah, well, um, chemtrails are a pain in the ass. Everybody knows so that. So does that? I, how I does that affect? 35. How does that affect? Well, it, their, that has nothing to do with the radionic ships. They're you know they're on a, a much higher frequency. There, there's no intervolvement between the radionic ships and the uh, and the uh, chemtrails. Yeah, but, but if there's chemicals chapter, in the sky though. I mean, if they're spraying silver iodide and all this crap in the oh, sky. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, well, let's 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 be honest. The, the rumor is, and I'm one of the kind of sort of semi-believers that there's more than just chemical iodide in that spray. You know, uh, more gallons and a lot of these other funny things can come out of there. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, long and the short of it, uh, the chapter ten of the of the website Radionics uh, is about sylphs. Sylphs are fourth-dimensional, semi-conscious uh, man-animal. And they're working real hard at dissolving the chemtrails. Now, there's not enough of them to get a chemtrail when it hits, but they're up there pulling, you know, dissolving those things all the time. It would be a way, way worse now than it could be if they weren't involved. But they're working diligently to help keep the chemtrail problem underhand. I saw 35 chemtrails. That's why I know the difference. Again, I saw they were coming in waves of two, three planes each. You could see three coming on the horizon. I'm standing on, a, you know, just at, sort of at a bridge. Three coming, three overhead. Two, three in the distance already done with the trails came out behind him. And I counted 35 of these planes going over all in this salvo. Uh, it took about uh, 45 minutes. And it was weather modification all the way because the whole, this was, oh, I'm trying to think of the date. It had to have been 2010, sometime around there. The whole, the four, this was at the end of June. The forecast for the Pacific, not Pacific, the Atlantic northeast which is the you know eastern canada and the eastern seaboard was for 32 33 degree weather for the next 10 12 days that was going to scorch the crops i mean just literally scorch them so this thing happened 35 of these planes went over leaving the chemtrails four hours later the clouds the sky was just gray 
dirty gray from horizon to horizon. You know, and that was it. It was clouded over uh, from a clear blue sky. These things were in clear blue sky. Four hours later, there was it did its job. But the temperature never went above 28. So that was a definitely a positive chemical weather modification spray. That's not to say they all are. I'm just saying there was an example. Yeah, but you cannot you cannot mistake chemtrails for the radionic radials. Uh, once you once you get the picture between, there's no way to mistake them. You can't, you know. And that the book makes it quite clear. This is that. This is these. Uh, we should now. What, I had another thought. We can get back to it if I remember it. Um, we can now jump into what are we talking about? These uh, radionic clouds, radionic ships, uh, these kind of things. Uh, the, the way. The, well, let me bring this up in advance. All right. The Whoops. way these. I already this I is put a huge, the first picture up. <laughs> There's a huge, huge enterprise going on up there with these radionic ships. The radionic ships are from the higher fifth dimension. These are the good guys. The ships that uh, the government is now starting to disclose, these are all from the Luciferian factions, like the 2,500 planets and the other 27,000 that never had a third dimension, but they still had Luciferian uh, you know, interferences going on. They're all from the lower fifth dimension. And they were modified radionic ships so they could actually project down and become physically present in the third dimension. The radionic ships never come into the third dimension. You can see them by uh, condensations they create. So you can see them, but you see them in um, a virtual form, not in their real form. But the, the corrupted ships will actually come down into the third dimension. That's the difference. There's only a thousand of those. And they're quarantined. When Christ ended the rebellion 2,000 years ago on the Mount, a quarantine was put around Earth, so they can't get out. There was a thousand of them about, and they, and nothing can come in except by sanction. And the Val Allen radiation belt won't let them make a teleportonic jump. That's because these things work by, you know, teleport teleportations. So they're here. They're quarantined. Does that mean we never went to the moon? We no, we didn't because they couldn't get through the Van Allen radiation belt. I've heard that before. I've yeah. heard that before. Yeah. Uh, they did a pretty good show of it, you know. What's his name? Uh, Kubek uh, probably got a pretty good dollar for, you know, probably the best movie he ever made, but nobody ever saw it <laughs> except on TV. So anyway, uh, if you can bring up, oh yeah, I'm talking about the, the the whole community society thing that's going on up there. The way these guys work is that um, you have we the book calls them or whatever else you want to call them. I was told to call them. Um, uh, radionic uh, anchor scout ships. Now, these are small little ships. They're like uh, tugboats. They're very, very small, but they have absolutely enormous magnetic fields. And they'll come down as a, as a positive pole ship and a negative pole ship. They'll always come down as pairs. They'll set up 180 degrees opposite each other. They could be 20 miles apart. They could be 150 miles apart. Some of these fields are really large. And the, the positive pole, the, the magnetic fields from one will go over and hook up with the other. So they're actually forming a bar magnet overhead, just like a big envelope, you know, very, very large. And that's an environment. They have set up a magnetic environment that the smaller ships, the mother ships, the father ships, the little you know, runaround scout ships and so on, uh, move around in by uh, magnetic uh, propulsion, the same way mag trains work off the tracks, you know, magnetically against the tracks. These guys work off the magnetic fields and zip around wherever they want to go by thought, by the magnetics and, and using thought to propel. Um, so the first step that happens is that you have these um, 
anchor ship setting up a magnetic field. These are the main clouds that you, if you get up in the morning and go out and look, the chances are very, very good you'll see uh, the radionic cloud of an anchor ship. So if you can bring up volume, you know, image one. Now, the other thing, too, is you don't see the other smaller the image ships. Image one um, is the one with the houses, right? I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I want is the is the cloud is vertical. It's it's all it's a big white cloud that's vertical. Can, that's can right. you it's see on it the screen or? right now. Yep. Yeah. I don't see it. Oh, you don't? I okay. Nope. No, no, you don't. Oh, they don't see, see it. it. Hmm. Did we forget about that part? No. <laughs> forget about that part. I think I can. So we, we do we do have it up on the screen, anyways. It's full full. So it's up. So that so the public is looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then I'll just swing it. It'd be better to see it so I can point out. But anyway, the, the, the anchor scout ship magnetic fields are always vertical because they're horizon to horizon, you know, short distance apart, long distance apart. They're horizon to horizon. And, they, and the apex is always about 10, 15 degrees off the horizon. That's where they differ from chemtrails. Chemtrails have to meet at the horizon by the very way they're laid down. They come from the horizon. But these radionic fields are a little bit off the horizon. Um, the, the negative pole ship, well, is distinctive in its it's full of cloud material up the middle, and there's usually a, a puffball. Not exactly always, but there's usually a puffball of cloud at the bottom. The uh, the other side, which is the positive pole, you know, mate, uh, is the example. If you can bring up image two, image two, okay, coming right up. That'll be a fast way to do this. Uh-oh, keep talking. It's okay. Just keep talking. Just keep an image number two well, coming up. Well, I was going to say, when, okay, when we image got image two, two here right now. Yep, with the no frills. All right. Now you can see. Yeah, yeah. And you'll notice there. Oh, I can see if you move back out of the way, Darren. I can see the picture. From, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. That gives me a reference point. If you'll notice, there's nothing up the middle. It's still a V. It still comes down. It's still vertical. It still meets at the bottom, but it's still off the horizon. There's, there's there's nothing in the middle, not always nothing in the middle, but usually nothing in the middle, and there's usually no puff of cloud at the bottom. The exact opposite. They're mirror images of each other. That's how you tell a negative pole has always got more stuff in it because it's attracting the moisture. The positive pole of anything is always a little bit thinner or less because the, the positive pole magnetic field is moving away. So that's that's your basic original lineup, okay? So you now have a magnetic... if you. If you had a pair of those, you don't ever, I should say you don't ever, because I've got 10 examples on the website, but very seldom do you ever see both at the same time because the moisture, it's a, you know, comes from the west, the wind blows it through to the east. So you got one set up over there, and now you got the moisture, boom, now you got the cloud. It's moving through, and now it's starting to fade out on this side and starting to build up on that side. So now you got the big one up there, but nothing over on this side. The odd time the water vapor feel, or uh, clump is large enough that they'll both be up at the same time. Very seldom, I shouldn't say very seldom, but not very commonly that happens. But then if you see one of those, if anytime you ever see one of these things, look in the other direction, 180 degrees. If you're lucky, you'll see the other one and it'll be the opposite field. Uh, one, one final sec. If you follow the lines, if you start from one and you follow the lines out all the way around, it's like a bar magnet, you go down to the other, it'll go into the other one. It's a perfect bar magnet sitting right overhead like a canopy. Brian, you're going to ask. Yeah, I just saw what you just said. 
oh. uh, about two weeks ago, and I sent the pictures into Darren and Graham well, here. Just send, now. send it to me as well, and if you can, yeah, please. Thanks. All right. So that's that's sort of the rule how it works. Now, in once you've got the environment, now these environments can set sometimes for days. Like they'll stay put; they don't move around. They're there. The clouds come and go. You see them. You don't. You see them. You don't. I've seen some of these set up in Bradford here for sometimes over a month. You know, it's there today, not tomorrow, there today, there in the afternoon, not the next morning. You know, just whatever the moisture is coming through. You know, they, you have to have the right kind of water vapor, usually up in the serous cloud levels, where the, the water vapor can be ionized. And then the ionization, because it allows them to be collected into the magnetic lines. Um, the there's a, If you go into the website down at the bottom of, near the bottom of chapter one, there's a short video clip that somebody showed me from YouTube. Uh, I've always thought what I'd like to do is have a, a stopgap camera, you know, taking pictures every 10 seconds or something, sitting there for the whole day because you'd see that it sits putting all the clouds keep going by. Well, somebody did that. There's the thing, there's a radionic field sitting in the background and the cumulus clouds are going right by, the cars are shooting right by, but the radionic field just stays there, which is exactly what I was trying to put. So, um, what happens now is that with the radionic field set up, you have motherships and fatherships coming in, uh, and they're usually, they'll produce a cloud effect that's um, uh, distinctly different. They're horizontal. They're not always, I've got a couple in the, in the website examples that are more or less vertical, but usually they're horizontal, and they're also very long, and they're not V-shaped. They're you know, they could be sausage shaped, they could be whatever. If you can bring up now image three, then this this will be a um, a mother field ship. Yep, what's up? Now that was taken, that one was taken in Paris uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, and you should, like that white sort of bar across, it's not perfectly formed sausage, cigars, but that's the mothership, the long white, cloud is the mothership and you can see the finger like tendrils coming off it now they're not like the rays that go up forever to the other side of the you know 180 degrees that the uh that the um, anchor ships do but they do come off and they extend sometimes fairly long but they they end uh but you can see there the the rays coming off it uh, I, I call them radials the radials coming off are, are thick like fingers that's the distinction of a there's many different type of mothership clouds, but this type in particular, that's the distinctive format of it. The radials are thick, okay? Now we go to the uh, next image, which is a fathership. Image four, right? Am I afraid? Yeah, four. image four, yep. Perfect. And I sent, uh, I got Brian's. I, I I'm pressed the wrong him. button, Jesus. I'm the worst at this. And I sent you Brian's picks too, Darren, which are pretty cool. We can... Uh, oh, yeah. I have no problem but, just whipping them. <laughs> no, all right. Uh, I want to get those pictures, if you will, Brian, please. If they're good. I'm at the point now with the website and book. I'm swapping out. If I get a better picture than the ones in there, I've swapped out with a couple of yours. You know, there, that might I, help. I got them an email here. I'll just forward right it to now, you right now. now. Yeah, there you go. No, good. Yeah, yeah. There, we're, now we're talking. Now, as you can see, the radials on this, this is a fathership, are frilly. They're not like fingers. They're frilly. That's the distinction between the mothership, which is a denser uh, because it's a, a you know, native pull pulling in, and the fathership, which is a positive pull, which is pushing out. So it's a frilly 
kind of thing. And all of the different mothership, fathership variations, always that characteristic will, uh, will sustain. The motherships are thick and clumpy, finger tendrils and so on, and the mother, and the fatherships are frilly, like, um, I don't know, whatever, like, you know, like an anemone. So, yeah. Now, the fathership is that white bar again across across the middle. Now, the the same way that anchor ships, you can't have a positive pole and a negative pole by itself in creation. There has to be parity. There has to be the mother and father don't ever show up by themselves. They're always together, mother and father, positive, negative, you know. So the, the poles of a magnet are always there in the anchor ships. You can most of the time see them this way and in that way. The father and mother ships are always together in pairs, too. They could be on opposite sides of the planet. One could be way up in the top of the atmosphere, another down near the surface of the Earth. But they're still always together and still always connected through the higher dimensions. The lines don't usually connect, although I've got two or three examples on the website where the lines of one go straight into the lines of the other. And they were meeting at right angles, which is pretty interesting. So anyway, there's the difference now. You've got the positive negative pole anchor ship setting up the field, which is vertical, uh, like a V. You've got the positive pole anchor ship, which is the opposite, which is like a, an empty V, vertical and empty at the bottom. You have a, a mothership uh, radionic field, which is horizontal with finger-like tendrils. You have a fathership field, which is horizontal with frilly-type tendrils all right now all of this i've said so far you know it's it's kind of like a whoopie do so you say well what's the proof how do you know blah blah the next one is a little bit more fun if you want to bring up the next one this is this is where it gets real folks <laughs> i guess is the best way to put it i love this you know this is where it gets real yeah. all right that was taken off the space station in September this year. It was published in the uh, UK Mirror, I think it was the Mirror or Examiner, in the middle of September. What are those? You know, they look like uh, smoke rings. You know, they, they could be UFOs. Uh, what do you think? Are they smudges in the camera? What's going on here? If you'll notice, the one on the left has a, a dark uh, ball on top of a white oval. The one in the middle has a white... As a matter of fact, now go to the next image because I've blown it up so you can see them perfectly. If you go to the next image, it's the same as these three, but now we'll see them blown up. Blowing up this kind of stuff really works, you know, because sometimes you don't see anything at all in the cloud. You blow it up and there's some nice little character sitting right there. Oh, man, what's going on now? See, this? see the UFOs in the space station there, James? I have another one that was taken off the uh, space station last year. It was only one. I'm having some issues with Skype. my... Uh, yeah, are we offline or something? Or? I don't know. It says we're offline. Why? <laughs> keep, keep going. So, uh, so well, all right. If, if we, need, we need to see that. Well, anyway. So that was that... that need, what was that space station? Next. What was that space station one again, then? That yeah, was, let's go back. If you can get back to that, and then we'll just go because there's two more that come in sequence. Oh, okay, good, that. good, yeah. And then Dell, I I sent you um, Brian's. I emailed you Brian's picks as well because they're they're really. I'm all excited. Well, so. Let's cut this interview now. I can't wait. <laughs> ah, okay, there we go. There we yeah. go. Now, now you see on the left hand side distinctively that's a dark globe sitting. That's the negative 
These are called mobile scout ships. These are the little guys, two or three people, and maybe five. You know, so they're not physical ships. These are fourth dimensional. They have, I call them condensates. The word that was given to me is condensates. They have condensated water moisture into them, themselves. So they're like a virtual presence. You could throw a baseball and go right through, but you can't miss them. You can't say that's not, you know, it, it, it's a really big drop of water. <laughs> anyway, there's the dark one with the light base. That's the negative pole scout ship. The one in the middle has a, if you can move the, is it possible to move the, the X's and the Y's there? Without losing the photo. Um, what is that? That's just... there. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no one else this. can see that. Yeah, that's well. This is the like they're actually watching me do use the broadcast software right now. Oh yes, they're not okay. Well, for the people watching, you can now see the obvious difference between the first two. The, the middle one is exactly the same, but it has a white ball in the middle on a on a white foot. I call them foot. So there's the negative pole with the dark image. And there's the positive pole with the light image. And then the one off to the side here is sort of not quite well formed, but it's another one of the dark ones, you know, the negative poles. So this was this was taken in September 15th, around September 15th of this year off the space station. So what does this have to do with radionics? Bring up the next one, please. Next one, seven, right? Yeah. Doing that thing again. Yeah, you would. It's funny the path. <laughs> I'm always kind of borderline worried it's just going to friggin' Crash. melt right down. So it just it's, melts uh, in front of you. Yeah. Well, I'm always borderline worried I can hit the wrong key and everything goes south. Go. That should work. No, one before. Oh, oh no, this is what I want. Yeah, this is okay, what I want. Okay. This one was taken two years ago in the middle of September of my back door where I mentioned that I'd saw that big one. This was uh, about a year or so later. But if you'll notice right, you know, towards at the center going back towards the right hand side, there's one of the negative pole ships and right there is plain as day. The same type of ship, the mobile scout ship that's sitting off the space station. And in the if you top go up, right corner there, like up, there's the white version. There it is. Perfect. Perfect. I've got a new story here for, the, for basically the whole world between these two photographs. I can't do it yet. I'm going to get to that at the end of this. You know, the, the input end is next. Uh, you know, it's done and the output is next. Money has to come from somewhere to print, bulk print the book. Because right now the book costs 85 bucks on Amazon and nobody's going to buy it. But I can bulk print it and get the price down to twenty nine ninety five, which is a perfect price. So that's part of the name of the game here. But there you see it. There's the That was taken two years ago. To me, that's proof of the pudding. It's the same thing that they caught off the space station only. I took that out the back door. I was, this building here on the right-hand side is the back end of the, it's a big, um, you know, house with a pile of apartments in it and so on. Um, Anyway, what else? And and you see it's sitting in a radionic field. There's the radionic, there's there's a, a positive or negative pole radionic field. And there, remember, said the the little ships yeah, it's floating in around like the, the side of the radion. Yeah. There's your perfect example. There's the radionic field. There's the ships inside it. That's the way it works. That's and that's going on thousands of places all around the world all the time, every day. People are saying, "Boy, is that ever a funny looking cloud?" Yeah, well, you know, that's what this book is for. Teach you what those clouds are and why they're there and what's going on. We should get that. that book. Yeah, we should. Oh, it's worth eighty five bucks. Yeah, yeah, is it hardcover? 
Yeah, no, no, no. I wish it were. <laughs> this is Amazon because it's it's 420 pages in full color, printed on a laser printer. The print on demand means they print one at a time. Oh yeah, order. yeah, that's right. So it's like staples. It's 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 15, 16 cents per one page in color versus three cents, four cents in black and white. It's the same thing with the book. The color book is so Amazon would not let me even list it for under 85 bucks. Wow. I make here's the irony. I make. If, if, if it sells direct, I, you know, I make the sale right straight through to Amazon through my link. Uh, I'll make about 16, 17 bucks on that. If a bookstore buys it from Amazon and resells it, I make 66 cents out of that 85 bucks. Oh. But if I bulk print it, if it's bulk printed, then we make we make about $18 per book and it'll sell a lot faster at 29 bucks. But if a bookstore buys it and resells it, I make seven or eight bucks. There's a huge headroom. Getting the, getting the Amazon connection out of the way because it's not printed on laser. That's the that's that's the Achilles healer. Printing it on laser it involves the laser printing cost. Color on laser printers is abhorrently expensive. It still is. It always has been. Yeah, can't get around it. So, all right. So now go to the last and final. Now don't forget. Don't forget. There's 650 photographs in this website. You have now seen what seven? This will be number eight. This is, yeah, and this is the final one that I'm showing. This is just to give you a, a warm-up. Now, see right over there on the left-hand side? That's a that's a, a condensated uh, fathership. Instead of the cloud, like we saw earlier, this is a smaller saucer-shaped fathership. But you can see the, the absolute distinct outline, but you can see the, the, mag, the, you know, the radial lines coming off it. Anytime you see at the top, you see where those three, you know, that sort of, you know, the three things coming down. Like, if you ever see those in any photograph or cloud array, there's a fathership involved because they produce that particular effect. That's a, that's a distinctive signature of a fathership. Now, I was told with the idea... It looks cloaked in this picture. Well, that, that, that's not the thing. See, that's the thing. They, they, they don't cloak in... A, uh, now, there are... I've got examples in the website of, of, of where they have actually cloaked, but they don't go out there and cloak themselves to be there. They produce... Uh, 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 an image because of the water moisture it's pulling through it mirrors it themselves in the water vapor as they sit there. That's all that's done. It literally molecule for molecule where there's a molecule in the ship, there's now a water vapor in the fourth dimension where that molecule is. So now the whole ship is actually mirrored in the fourth dimension in the water vapor that's passed through. So Dell, that's kind of like when we were in high, high school there in science class with iron filings on a sheet yeah, of vapor yeah. with a, a magnet underneath. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing, only overhead, only in clouds. The, the instead of the black lines of wire of iron filings, it's exactly the same. Instead of iron filings, you got uh, you know um, um, polarized cloud overhead, stripes of cloud. Now, again, that's that's the basic thumbnail of how things are are, are working. And there's a really big whole thing going on be, behind that because Earth itself right now is at a culmination point of about altogether about 17 or 18 very very major cosmic events that are unparalleled earth right now has never no planet in the history of creation has ever been at the same point of energy confluence that earth is right now and never will be again it's a very very unique thing because i had mentioned earlier that uh, the outer creation um that was built on the frequencies of the sun did i did i mention that 
Um, I've talked. No, I've not, talked with not, somebody say, not this, not tonight. You haven't. That I don't think you right. did. I don't think you did last time. Last time. Well, then it's time to do a little bit of a sidestep. Just a quick bit. This is again and, out of the intelligent design stuff. And um, uh, I'm going to send you the clouds uh, from my skydiving trip too. <laughs> that you uh, last time. Remember my skydiving was the uh, my oh, Skype. My Skype thing. That. Yeah. Here's the thing. We're doing an interview with with with, with Graham about radionic clouds and his front piece photograph is him skydiving and the backdrop is a full-fledged radionic cloud that just blew me away absolutely blew me away and the guy i'm so. skydiving with i was skydiving with is here now he just showed up <laughs> oh, wow well well yep so hey James. so you're lucky to get by the way, the, these guys are the good guys. They aren't the ones that abduct and do all that kind of crap. They're here to put those guys out of business. And who, I Graham? don't mean put out of business like there's a He's done some abduction. Huh? I said, who, Graham? He's done a little abducting in his day. Yeah, well, I can make a point, by the way. Sometimes, you know, people that, that were abducted, they wake up, they're on a, a gurney, and there's wires coming down, and there's buzzing noises in the background, and people are talking, you know, white masks and all that. And, and so they have gone through what's called a uh, experience, you know, an abduction experience, but not always because, and I can speak for firsthand on this, I went through that exact experience in October of 2012. I thought, oh, no, I've been abducted. But without going into a long detail about anything of how it happened, I ended up in emergency care in Ottawa on on uh, Boxing Day of 2012, I came out of a comb at 7 o'clock, lying on a gurney, with wires all over the place, uh, the machinery making all the noise, and the staff standing around me, the white mask and so on, exactly what I had been shown in October. I was shown in advance that that was going to happen. That's what I'm trying to get at. Huh. So sometimes these abduction experiences are actually prescient. Uh, you're going to be in a car accident the lesson had been to give me that I failed to work with properly is that this is what's going to happen if you're not watching your P's and Q's. Well, I didn't watch my P's and Q's, and by accident, I ended up in emergency. But if I had been saying, oh, I'm being shown to be on the lookout, I would have avoided that that particular situation that it wouldn't happen. So, that's, so all I'm saying is that there, without any doubt whatever, some of what people experience as abductions are actually you know, uh, were pre-warnings that, uh, that that they could end up in an emergency care because they're identical. A gurney, all the wires coming in, all of the noise going on in the background, the machinery and the people talking with the white masks and all that. The only thing that didn't happen was the saw didn't come down. <laughs> you know, the, the buzz saw didn't come down. Thank God for that. Yeah, yeah, so... So, Darren, I've sent you my skydiving pick, too, if you want to pull that up. And, and oh, yeah, no well. problem. I'm having, you know... <laughs> This, this no is great. Problem. As I say, this, you know, cause com- there's an expression out there. There's Grandma. Cheeks yeah, are flapping. Look, look at his cheeks. Now, I'm going to ask you, here's, 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 the, here's the question at the end of the chapter, okay? You know, in grade 10, at the end of the math book. Is that a fathership <laughs> or a mothership radionic field? Mothership. Fathership. Fathership. Fathership it is. It's really. Bingo. To, to, to the right there? Is that where you're talking about? The cloud there? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just before we change the picture, I would like to everyone to just take a look at those sexy cheeks one more time. <laughs> That's a beefcake Sa- right there. Savor the moment. Get back to where the, the enjoy the moment. You know. 
Here, as long as they're picking on Graham. You can come Graham. back when you want to. As long as they're picking on Graham, we'll throw one up at me here. Yeah, I got Darren's here too, so. But in the meantime, I'm going to throw one up at Brian's while I download that. Here's and, one here. And actually, James James probably took this picture of Darren coming Here's up. One. Who's right. it? Oh, here? yeah, I've got that on the website. I've got that on the website. I've got that picture on the website. That one there, that's one of Brian's, that's one of the I think, ones right? I remember, Brian, I said I'd swapped out a, a few. Well, that's one of the ones I swapped out. I had one exactly like that, nowhere near as good. So that went in, That the other one went out. But you see it's light at the bottom? You know, it's off the, and this means it's fairly close. The higher up they are, the closer in they are. And there's quite a gap off the horizon there. But you see, that's a perfect negative pull radionic ship, uh, anchor ship, because it's got cloud up the middle. There's a cotton, you know, fuzzball at the at the apex point, and it's it's off the horizon. See, there's a beauty of this Alberta Plains thing. You can see what's on the horizon. Most of the time, there's a building or a tree or, a, you know, uh, hills or something. You can't see what's, what's underneath the cloud. But here, that's a perfect, that's, this was the example of, you know, it's up there in space, not, uh, not, see, that can't be a chemtrail. It cannot be a chemtrail because a chemtrail would go to the horizon because it came from the horizon. That's right. That's it, unless you know? it crashed. Yeah, unless it crashed, yeah. Okay, here's that skydiving pick here. Maybe there, there could be a ship of some sorts in here too. It was the same day at the almost the exact same time. It was only uh, is it, about is a minute cat apart. Cat oh yeah, there's me. I'm uh, just no, you it. don't see anything there. Sorry. I mean, you can see there's stuff around, but you don't <laughs> don't see a cloud. <laughs> Look at that. You're given the you're given the deep state signal. The uh, the Illuminati sign. I'm actually a card carrying member. Are you a card carrying member? Yeah. I hope you're they asked me. I denied. I said no. Well, you know, I had actually, believe it or not, one night it was interdimensional again. Um, uh, there was a, a an acting troupe traveling around the country. I can't remember political of some kind, and they showed up in Ottawa. A friend of mine went. She was all gag out about it. But that night, uh, you know, through her, the 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 linkage was through her. This voice came in and said, "Oh, you know, horse." It's almost like one of these oh, demon geez. voices in the movies, you know. Horse, heavy voice. Why don't you forget it? He's referring to the real Jordan. Why don't you forget about all that kind of stuff and come on over here? We're having a lot more fun. We can do a lot more for you than those guys. So, oh, now that's a good. And I've got that on the website too. That so, one's you guys, up. so you can but, see it that clear from that camera. That camera might be too good in the I'm studio. There. I'm sharing the screen. Oh, okay, with okay, them. okay, good. No, okay. I can see. I can see that fine. I can see that fine. Yeah. I've got one of those was taken by my friend in a friend in Vancouver. About two years ago, it's exactly the same as that. Exactly the same as that, taken in Vancouver. That's why I jumped out of my chair when I saw that. Because I ah, now I got it. I like see one of a thing is a thing. Two of a thing proves the thing. If I can get two of the same type, it confirms each other. Well, that confirmed the original, which was sort of standing alone at the time. But Somebody that's told a, me to go out and take that picture. Yep. Well, there it is. <laughs> I think I got one more here. Yeah. And before I lose my thread, I thought we're going to go into the uh, the, the structure of the outer creation. Okay. Oh, and there's, uh, hang on, it's just coming up here. That one's a little harder to see, it's a little smaller. Oh, no, that one I just got from the chats today. Oh. When I mentioned we were talking about clouds, people started throwing their cloud picks in the chats. Oh, that's right. I think that one was from, was from Michael, actually. Maybe. What kind of yeah. cloud is that, Dell? Cumulus. That's it. Even now you're that talking little, about that little, little, <laughs> it. Looks like a wing nut up there in the middle. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to blow it up to have a look That's at awesome. it. I can't tell off. 
See, there's often little fragments of ionized stuff all over the place because there's only a bit of the ionizable water vapor removed. So when you get little bits and pieces all the time, you know. Now, see, there's another one. That's one of the ones I got just the other day. I want to get that. I don't have that. That's a I just sent it to you. I sent it to you. Now, here we go. Now we're going to the second question at the end of the chapter. What kind of an anchor ship is that? Mothership. Male, male. No, it's not a mothership. It's vertical. That's an anchor ship. It's like, I'm, 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 it's like an anchor baby. Sorry, father, father, not. No, it can't be a mothership or fathership because they're horizontal or most of the time or saucer shaped and so on. Uh, this is a this is an anchor ship because it's vertical. Yes. But but the oh. negative pole ones usually have something up the middle and they usually have a clump of cloud at the bottom. The uh, positive pole ones usually don't have anything up the middle and usually don't have a clump of cloud at the bottom. So, what kind of a uh, of an anchor ship is that? Uh, I don't know. Negative, because it's up the middle and it's got a clump at the bottom. Those well, are your rules. If I'd have known it was positive or negative, I would have guessed at least. Well, yeah. Well, it, it's got to be positive or negative. There's no such thing as uh, or what about neutral. You know, there's only positive or negative. That's the two. That's the two polarities. All of creation. Father is is positive. Mother is negative. That's it. That's the only two polarities in all of creation. All of magnetics. The only begotten son daughter. The, the energy of the old magnetic was set up as an electromagnetic field. The magnetics that we see down here in the third dimension is the lowest of the lowest of the lowest of the lowest frequencies of the only begotten sun daughter, but it's, it's magnetic, electromagnetic. It's positive and negative polarity setting up a magnetic field. Especially at Walmart. Them. And this is doing that. The Walmart? The Walmart is, I think that's like... Uh... That's right. When you when you start telling about the lower the our dimensional scale on Earth, it makes me think of going to Walmart. <laughs> no, it used to be it used to be called Radio Shack. Radio Shack used to be the lowest common denominator for buying anything. <laughs> In fact, I used to use the expression, you know, uh, when Mister and Mrs. Radio Shack start to believe it, then you really got it going. You know, now it's Mister and Mrs. Walmart believe it. That's that's why I want to get the book out onto the uh, you know at a bulk printed rate because I want Mister and Mrs. Walmart to start reading it. Am I supposed to have more pictures? You might have one more from me. One more, maybe. The, I don't know which one to pick. Let's try this one. We can delete some of these pictures if the wrong picture shows up, right? Uh, I'll just pull the plug real quick. Use your screen, and I'll pull the plug. It says it's a GIF, <laughs> which has me a little worried. Did you, you didn't pull a gif out of the chats, did you grab Jesus? No, no that's one we've already seen. We looked yeah. at that one. I have a couple emails here. Maybe I was supposed to keep downloading stuff. I do want to get into eventually as well, just for the more skeptical people here that, you know, I mean, there's, you guys have had sightings of, of physical craft as well, I believe, and, and stuff that's a little bit easier and more tangible for people. I mean, this is the type well, of thing that might take people years to wake up to, you know, like once they figure out that there is, uh, you know, these higher dimensions and sort of, well, I, I, sort I, of a cosmic hierarchy. The, the chapters 16 and 17 are filled with all kinds of examples of those little condensated type ships like we saw off the um, space station. And we, we saw the, you know, the condensated uh uh, fathership that was sitting over the houses in Paris. Uh, chapter 16 and 17 are about all of those kind. So there's quite a few in there. Um, 
I mean, it's all part and parcel. There's there's also a third type of ship in there that I still quite haven't figured out yet because uh, I, I they show up all over the place. They literally look like a like a finger or a sausage coming out of a little white, um, you know, like one of those uh, white feet, you know, oval shape and so on. But I've got one where you can see the white feet from the side, and it's 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 a, 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 as thin as a plane of like a plane of glass. So that means it's a portal of some kind. It's it's an interface between the 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 fourth and the fifth dimension, but I haven't figured out what the ship is yet. Hmm. Anyway, uh, well, while you're doing that, or aside from doing that, I'll, I'll, I'll go into. I was going to talk now a wee bit out of the uh, intelligence. By the way, while I'm I'm at it, uh, the 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 three book series are called the Revelatorium of Alpha and Omega, the Intelligent Design of Creation, which is actually Volume One, and the Radionic Ships of the Heavenly Host. This is what the yeah, there. This is what the Intelligent Design and Creation book looks like. That's volume one. Uh, the Revelatorium of Alpha and Omega is the second book in the series. See, I want to see all three books on a bookshelf because if you're colorful enough, they'll attract somebody's eye. Uh, and th this, this design was done by an outfit in India. I wrote the tune and they played the piano. And I think they did a pretty darn good job. Nice. And this is the new one called the radionic ships the heavenly host so the three of them are a matched set so at least i got that i forgot to do that at the beginning uh we were going to talk about the uh oh, here one sec. let me let me put you uh, your screen a little bigger there while you hold up the book oh yeah start again all right i guess while you're trying to just sort of get things what what i'm endeavoring to do now i have to raise about fifteen thousand cash i'm doing everything uh, on old age pension money by not going to bars and not going on holidays, just flipping the dimes, you know, spending it where it needs to be. But I can't, uh, I would save for 15 years to be able to do a bulk publishing. So I need to have uh, financial support come in through a patron. Uh, I have a GoFundMe campaign at GoFundMe.com. Uh, you would look for uh, the radionic ships of light uh, and you would bring up a GoFundMe campaign. You could throw in fifty dollars or a hundred. Somebody's put it. I have eight hundred dollars raised out of that so far, but that's been about eight or nine months. So that's not going to finance the books. Uh, I like the idea of I call it using other people's money, i.e., bank, and buying time. If it can be done instead of somebody forking out the cash, which is you know how many people have that kind of money to do that. But if they have enough credit to be able to get a credit card for say fifteen thousand. The credit card buys the books, uh, so that's using other people's money. The sale of the books pays off the credit card and eventually will pay back three times back to the lender, so they make something out of it. There's enough headroom that I can do that and continue larger and larger and larger publications. Um, and that's the idea of buying time. So you're buying time. Um, using other people's money. And if I would get another credit card from somebody for like say $2,000, it's only job is to pay the interest monthly payments on the big one, because I can handle the 10 or $20 a month out of the small. So that to me is an ideal plan. So I'm hoping somebody will say, gee, that's really a good plan, let's do it. Hasn't happened yet, but I'm hoping. <laughs> it has to be somebody who either has, they just won a lotto, they got cash on hand, or they have sufficient credit that they can handle a credit card like that. I, I met with a fellow here, and uh, he's from Hamilton, actually. 
And he said, I, I, I like your idea, 100% for it, but here's my problem. And he put seven credit cards on the table. He said, that collected will be 60,000 bucks. He said, I have to pay these down before I could give you a card for 50,000. He says, I can't do that right now. So so at least I know that the plan has viability. <laughs> All I need to do is find somebody that can do it. You know, anyway, I just put that out there, you know. I've got some. Um, I've got some notes in here about tin pot ships. What was that all about? Well, the tin pot ships. Let's uh, let, let me do this quick thing about the outer creasing because the, yeah. the next step is why are they here and the tin pot ships are part of why they're here. Okay. okay? Uh, the tin pot ships are part of the problem. They're here as this part of the solution. We're here as part of the solution. Um, the outer creation is formed out of it's it's, it's nine hundred trillion light years across. It's in seven huge super universes. Uh, and they're all based, they're the, the three frequencies, we've talked about the intelligence, energy, and substance of the creators, you know, the Holy Trinity, everything being converted into matter, substance, and that down here. Uh, the three attributes, and intelligence, energy, substance is all there is. If you want to take a look at and, and look at anything that exists in creation, in physics, plasma, and so on, it's one of those three. Intelligence, energy, substance is all there is, right? If you permute those seven different ways, you have intelligence, energy, substance, and you have substance energy, which is the fourth frequency. You have substance intelligence, which is the fifth. You have intelligence energy, which is the sixth. That's the greater frequency. Then you have intelligence energy and substance together equally, which is the triune, you know, complete frequency. So the seven super universes were built in turn one after the other. The very first one ever put put out there was the intelligence, meaning that that uh, uh, intelligence was at normal frequency or volume, call it that, and intelligence and substance, substance and energy was somewhat diminished. Then the second one bifurcated, I think it was bifurcated off the first, and it was of energy, so energy was the normal in the, and in substance and intelligence were somewhat diminished, and so it went until we hit this final one. Now, they were all created on the frequencies of the only begotten sun, uh, intelligence, energy, and substance were the attribution, and uh, Christ consciousness is the expressed result. This is the, uh, I talked about the evolutionary's progress going, well, they're, they're expressing Christ consciousness as they go, and, and, you know, manifesting it. So you have intelligence, energy, substance, attribution, and Christ consciousness is the expressed result. There is now, at the, we're at the very beginning of a whole new uh, seven more super universes are starting up. Uh, this local universe of a thousand galaxies is, it's a, again, a bifurcation off this one. This, the frequencies of this local universe are sort of like the first atom that's going to, you know, the cell splits off. The uh, local solar sector of Orion is the launch pad where the frequencies are moved through. And Earth is the training sphere where the soul atoms for the new creation are being trained. Okay, so that's right there why Earth is an essential aspect of all it. A whole new seven great super universes are going to be created, and we're right at the threshold at the very beginning of it as the training sphere. Okay, the way that the administrative wise, the way a super universe is set up is uh, um, in terms of what are called local universes of a thousand galaxies. they're called paradisical sun daughters, have in their consciousness the capacity to create whole galaxies in their thought, you know, through their thought. They blueprint a, a local universe design. It's approved, you know, by Alpha Omega for the purpose they intend for creation that will help. 
And what's proof? Then they bring it into being. Christ Michael of Nebadon, Nebadon is a headquarters in this galaxy, is the creator son daughter that's manifested the local universe that we're in. Okay? The local universes themselves are comprised of a thousand galaxies, and galaxies are, are, are portioned out in terms of solar sectors. A solar sector has a thousand solar systems. Now, there's a hundred billion stars in this galaxy. So, you know, that means like there's what, a million? I can't even with the math. It's anyway, there's like millions of solar sectors in this galaxy alone. So, there are a lot of them. Um, the administrators of a solar sector are called uh, Lanadonadec suns, and they have in their consciousness the capacity to create stars and planets. They create through their consciousness the stars and planets of their local solar sector. Lucifer, our good buddy chum friend on everybody's tongue, Lucifer was the Lanadonadec sun administrator of this local solar sector that the solar system belongs to of Orion. And five billion years ago, I had mentioned earlier the bottom line of creation is the fifth dimension. Uh, he had seen a way to, to, to work with the unique frequencies of this local universe because it's part of the new creation. You know, it's the jump point or the, the atom purification seed to, for the new creation. It has, uh, it's called a cosmic overplus. It has a higher than normal intelligence factor in it. Lucifer had a higher than normal intelligence capability, high IQ for his Lanadonidic type because of these higher frequencies to work with. He saw a way of using the overplus frequencies to bring consciousness down into the third dimension where it doesn't exist anywhere else in creation and never has before because he it started off, and this is going to sound kind of weird to say, he started off with the best of intentions. He didn't start off to create all the chaos that happened. He started off with the best of intentions. He saw a way of bringing consciousness into the third dimensions where he saw that the more primordial coarse energies of the third dimension would cause the consciousness to have to matriculate into Christ consciousness faster or get disrupted by the forces. So he saw waves. He thought it would speed up the evolutionary factor. Instead of the ponder slow, you know, step after step after step of the regular incarnation, he'd speed it all up. Well, he pitched this before the Galactic Council, and they said, no, there are energies that are going to be coming, and that will short-circuit out against, so it's not uh, advisable to proceed. Well, the fall of pride was that he said, well, this is too good an idea to let go. I think these guys are just trying to keep me in my place. So he disavowed the hierarchy above him. This was the rebellion aspect. Uh, and, and he set it up on the basis, using these energies down here, uh, I can create a self-willed, sustained, permanent entity uh, as my own god, so to speak. This is where demigods came from. Uh, I, can, I can create a self-standalone self uh, image, you know, replication of myself that will have eternal life, but I'm not responsible to the creation anymore because that's why I was brought into being, this responsibility of creation. So that was the fall of pride and the actual act of rebellion. Satan that everybody fears and falls apart when they hear the name and so on was actually a very, very young third-level Lanadonidic, uh, uh, was the female side of the third-level Lanadonidic son, who third levels are the ambassadors. They take, uh, you know, they work the same way as ambassador from America in Cuba. You know, the, the government says, we want you to tell the Cuban government to do that kind of thing. So they are the ambassadors, it's simple, normal stuff. So, so 
Satan embraced the Luciferian, um, you know, formalization and took it to the planets. Satan is the one that took it to the planets. Satan is the evil one that taught the planets how to be evil. All Satan did was take the Luciferian stuff around in the self-will. And now once you've got a self-will mode instead of tied to the rules of grace, you can do anything you want. And all hell broke loose. That was a, it was a Pandora's box. They never foresaw that, that it would go this way. It, uh, but it literally like a Pandora's box. Once it got started, it was like a snowball and it proliferated almost overnight into this cacophony of, of you know, negative static condition we have right now. Now, this was five billion years ago. Uh, five billion, of, billion uh, or million? No, billion, billion with the five B. Billion, five billion years ago, yeah. Uh, and of, of, the, of the hundred billion in this galaxy alone, let alone a thousand galaxies, only the 27,000 planets ever got Luciferian. And only 2,500 of those ever got the third dimension. They wanted they wanted to get life down into the third dimension because of the, of the generation of what's called N plus. When you rub cotton and wool together, you get static bits. But when consciousness is disharmonious inside itself, that you know there's dispar- disharmonious movements of energy in the consciousness, it generates. This, uh, and then it's called negative plus static, and it's an auric static, and it accumulates. And it was that static they were using to build a false outer body of themselves, you know, by compressing it and making a material body out of the static. So they were using these planets to generate enough of that static that they could create. This is where all your demigods and stuff have come from. Uh, I don't even know where to step from now. Uh, So we've now reached a point uh, of 2,000 years ago, Christ Michael on the Mount, who was incarnated as Jesus, he did the bestowal. I mentioned there's a bestowal. You know, the, to, to represent the Christ before the people and so on. Well, Michael did that here. Um, and he ended the rebellion. Uh, and we're now in the cleanup, which means Earth right now is two things. It's the beta test where these tests, you know, ways of cleaning up the static are going on. But at the same time, Michael, in the Bible said, and it's fact, Michael and his angels won a war in the heavens and the dragon was cast into the Earth. The draconian solar sector, which is nearby Orion was the first of the other solar sectors to pick up the Luciferian stuff, which is why there's so much Draco, Draconian. Draconians aren't bad people. There's a, a small core of them that are real bad asses. Like some of the worst people on Earth today right now are incarnated Draconians. You know, these these guys went well, really we guess? upside down. Huh? Can we, can we well, try and guess no, They're talking about lizards and stuff oh, like, like that. Like the queen? Is the queen well, lizard? you know, oh, Obama. Oh, Wait a minute! You're talking. You're talking about the the, the the they're they're shifting. You can see the slits in their eyes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. Obama. Anyway, we. Could, I'm not going to get into any of that because that's a whole. That's another five hours all by itself. You know. Anyway, that well, you're absolutely be- correct. That's true. That's the that's the the crap that's going on. The dragon that cast into the earth is simply that all of the people with still having lesser Luciferian. Uh, uh, conditions in their consciousness were grouped together and incarnated into the earth. Ergo, the population boom. That's why it was a big boost, and then it's over because the dragon was cast into, the, and it's called the dragon because most of them were draconians. You know, the draconians were by far the greatest of the of the ones that embraced the Luciferian stuff, and then they came. Now you have terrorists because some of the really bad ones are incarnated and on the loose. You have terrorism and all these different things going on. Now, that's where they came from, out of this group. So Earth is also filled with that garbage, you know, abomination, if you want to call it. 
But we're, as you already know, we're at the end of the Pisces era. Uh, it, it, the transition into Aquarius started 2088, finished in 2014. We're now into Aquarius for the next 2,000 years. I mentioned that the dispensations went 25,000 years. Well, the, the, we're, the last 25,000 years is finished. We've now started a new one. Everybody said 2012, December 20th, it was a bust because nothing happened. Well, it was a momentous occasion because like New Year's Eve, uh, Times Square on New Year's Eve, you know, one second before 12, it's still the old. And then, boom, you're suddenly the new and everybody lets up a big cheer. Well, 10 a 10 p.m., two hours. I was in Ottawa, so this was two hours before midnight on December 20th. A huge interdimensional cheer went up because we had the same thing as new Times Square. The old 25,000-year cycle had ended just like that, and the new one had started. Like, unlike the dispensations, which go through a... Uh, a phase-in period, the 25,000-year cycles are just like our New Year's. It's That's over and the new one started. So that was what took place. We are now into a new 25,000-year cycle going on now as we speak. There's also a new 250,000-year cycle going on as we speak. <clears throat> the galaxy planet does a 2.5 million, 250 million cycle around the galaxy. That's now completed. We're at the transition between that cycle and a new cycle. Huh. We're also, Earth, because of this new creation that's going on in Andromeda, Earth itself, planets become stars, just like kids become parents. You know, parent becomes child. So 250,000 years from now, Earth will be teleported by the people on its surface. They will be united in consciousness, and not all of them, but a group of them will teleport Earth to the womb of Orion, which is the Horsehead Nebula. There's a stellar nursery in there. It's called the womb of Orion. It'll be teleported into there, and Earth will become a protostar. That's, you know, Earth and all this works will be burned up. That's why it's going to become a star, huh. right? Uh, and that was delayed because three hundred three and a half million years ago, the root race on the planet, uh, which was in the fifth dimension, got talked by the Luciferians to go down into the third dimension. And they say, so once you polarize to the planet, not to creation, you're trapped. You can't get back up. But we are now. You know, we are now. Are now now, yeah, you're now in the age of Aquarius, we're getting getting yeah, out of there. That's the that's the whole thing. That that uh, show, folks, is over. So we're you think finished. that we're going to see we're, in the in the next few years? We're going to realize how important 2012 was to us, probably. Like you know, so, we, well, everybody was expecting know. like this big shift. Yeah, you guys started noticing this. And, show. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I even read I read something the other day by somebody on the internet. It was a really illumined article about that. But he started off by saying. This one won't be a bust like 2012 was. Well, I had to call him up and straighten him up. <laughs> oh, you know, so, oh, you know. Um, yeah, no, it, it'll, it'll slowly over time, people start, you know, seeing a lot of these things. See, Satan, too. This is a, this is a, you know what the prodigal son is? You know, the, the, the bad guy comes back and everybody celebrates and the good guy is all ticked off because nobody celebrated when he came back and he was the good guy. Well, it's, it's, it's Satan, the woman, she incarnated this time around as a woman, and she passed in the early 90s. But Satan was a young Lanadonidic in training, so basically guiled. Not, he wasn't a true rebeller. She just got guiled into this fancy footwork that was going on. And, and, and so, so in 1994, she brought a physical fact, and the action was taking place. She brought all her people back. She, she came back to the feet of Christ. Is the expression she came, returned to the feet of Christ, brought all her people with her. That was a prodigal son of huge, huge, and so on. And she was abolished of all, uh, of all 
shame and blame because of what it happens because she was guiled. She was an innocent that was guiled. This is really quite a thing. People that think Satan is the worst evil that ever existed. You know, people that pray to Satan are pray. You might as well. You might as well put a voodoo doll up the window and pray to that. You'll get more good out of it. You know. So, Del, Del uh, speak, speaking of that, let's. I mean, I want to. I want to hear a little bit about Brian's experience. But, but, um, but for for all the people that get sort of triggered over Christianity and like, there's a lot of dogma in, in the institution of Christian religion. And you're talking about Christ consciousness, and there is a there is a you know like a non-dogmatic part of that. Can you explain like how that, well, what you're talking about is different than, than the dogmatic religion that people, you know, think of when they hear that? Well, here's, here's, here's I'll give a couple of quick examples. First of all, uh, the Bible is, is as good as it is. And I'll qualify that in a minute. Uh, but it's dealing more with principles than it is with physical fact, like the Ark of the Covenant, which the movies and everybody believes is a box with rays coming off it stored in a, you know, a dungeon secret, you know, somewhere in Ethiopia. When you, when you make an, you and I made an agreement to have this interview. There's a Narcan consciousness between us that held that fact together and made it happen. There's a Narcan consciousness between you whenever you make an agreement with anybody about anything. A Narcan consciousness exists between you as long as that agreement sustains. Okay. The Ark of the Convenant was a covenant made between God and the Israelis that they would act as the as the crucible for the advent of Christ 2,000 years ago. The Israeli people at that time said, yes, we will be the crucible through which this Christ consciousness of, of, of the Piscean Christ through Christ Michael will take place. We agree to that. That was the covenant made. That was the Ark of the Covenant between God and the Israelis, that they would be the crucible for the advent of Christ. Now, Society at the time was abominable. It's as, probably as bad as it's ever been since Atlantean, after Atlantean. So at that point, 3,500 years ago, so Moses was given the Ten Commandments to live by to clean up their act, which it did. Because when Christ incarnated into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, as bad as it was with the Romans and everything, as a spiritual society, it was far advanced from what it was you know, 3,500 years ago. So that's what the that's what the Ten Commandments were for. See, so there's principle rather than fact. Okay, the other one that's that's that, that makes a, a you know pretty the in Revelations uh, a beast will rise out of the sea having spots as a leverage, uh, the feet of the bear, mouth of the lion. Out of the sea, and so I've even seen you know out of the sea will rise a terrible beast with seaweed hanging on its horns. You know this kind of stuff. Out of the sea of consciousness, all right, will arise a, a, a society structure which will be spotted as unto a leopard, i.e. Europe. You have 35 different countries in Europe. The cultures in each of those little pockets like Italy, France, Germany, so are totally different. France and Germany, two feet apart. A German on this side and a Frenchman on that side, totally different kind of people, totally different kind of culture. And they're... So spotted is unto a leopard. That's what that out of the sea of consciousness will rise a beast, meaning bestial in consciousness, but spotted is unto a leopard. The feet of the bear walks a vast Russian landscape. I mean, vast Russian landscape. Out of the mouth of the lion has come English language, which is a fifth dimensional language to raise people's consciousness into the higher fifth dimensional realities. Out of the mouth of the lion is uh, English language has been 
passed around to all of the countries of the world. So I'm going. So there's there's again where the, you know the the physical interpretation versus the real interpretation is is quite a difference. And here's the thing: you're talking about the the stunted the, the religious people have a little bit of toe to hoe here. Because a lot of them, you get down to the you know the, uh, the fundamentalists and the evangelists and things like that. If it's not in the Bible, it can't be the word of God, and that stops you dead in your tracks when you open your mouth. If it's not in the Bible, and what you're saying is not in the Bible, so it can't be the word of God. Well, they're saying for thousands and thousands of years, God spoke to mankind nonstop through the prophets and through the ancient, all of that. It's constant all the way through the Old Testament. The New Testament is all about God speaking to humanity. So apparently, 2,000 years ago, he stopped and hasn't uttered one word since because the Bible was 2,000 years ago. Not one word has been added since. More than that, the Bible itself have no script or purse before thee. There was no Bible created at the time. Man put together the Bible over time since with their interpretations and their structures going into it. The King James Version, everybody believes that God spoke in these and thousand, wherefore art thousand, so on, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, God language. But that was Elizabethan English in the 15th century, 16th century, because King James Version of the Bible was written as a book for the man in the street so they could understand the Bible. It was the language of the day which Queen Elizabeth spoke, Sir Walter Raleigh spoke, Shakespeare spoke. It was the language of the day. So again, if it's not in the Bible, it can't be the word of God. Well, look what they're doing. They're cutting themselves off from everything that's going on today. And there's a huge, well, it's constant... Creation is always expanding. Every tick of the clock is says expansion from the from the tick before. It's constantly expanding. That's a really, really big condition that these religious people have to get out of. And and they were, you know, the the the, the Illuminatis and the guys were joking about your fingers sticking so on. They're holding man in consciousness like that because as long as they hold man back into a stunted level of consciousness, they can't expand. And because don't forget the ultimate success of the expansion consciousness of everybody is all those guys are gone i mean they're not taken out of the picture they're just they, they are no longer the demigods and and the, and the big wigs that they think they are they're just going to be back to normal christ triune beings doing their work you know they've got to at the end of the show if you go through 2500 planets and you still haven't waken up enough to be able to incarnate back in the fifth you proved by the fact you can't <laughs> You know, by the very fact that you didn't, you can't, you're sent back to the 16th dimension, to the absolute lake of fire and intelligence, and your whole uh, acquired outer something is burned off. This is the eternal fire, the lake of eternal fire that, you know, that they talk about. And and you're expressed as a clean new soul atom, a new personality, a new endowment, everything's given. And you're back out as a, as a refurbished new atom. Hmm. And there's been, there's been six black masters of Atlantis have been sent back to creation to uh, source, you know, uh, sources help. What I'm trying to say, the heart and center of creation for that. The rest of all of those native guys out of Atlantis and out of uh, the early Luciferian, they've all incarnated now. And so it's really well on its way to being, you know, we're a long, long way to go before it's all cleaned up, but we're well, well along the way of it starting to be cleaned up. Nice. Simple. Alrighty. Now, well, the, thanks, Frank. Well, let's let's get uh, Brian. I want to get a chance to get you in here too before we run out of time and all that. So, Brian, like, what are your thoughts? What are your um, what do you do? You have anything? Uh, how you sort of started getting interested in all this, and maybe a, any questions for Dell as well. But maybe you know, we can talk about a little bit about your experience as well with this. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I found out. It just worked out that way. It's just like seeing those clouds in the sky. I don't know how well, I started it, 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 to it, see it, them. And also the, the, the ships are guiding people. To, you know, did you get the thought, you do it. You know, you yeah. get the thought, you don't do it. You know, they're guiding. But that's intuition gets you there. You got there by intuition. Yeah. Yeah, that's because you were ready. You you don't get there if you're not ready. You can't get there if you're not ready because you won't follow your intuitions. But you you know you got there because you're ready. That's all. Yeah, I was just riding around on my motorcycle in the country, and there would be a cloud, and I would just stop and take a picture of it. I'm like, wow. And then uh, there was one that followed me on the train. I was on the locomotive driving from Calgary to Medicine Hat, and there was this one that looked like a caterpillar. Just a long, skinny, like a popsicle stick with all these hairs off of it. And I looked at it, and like every three miles, I'd stick my head out the window and look up, and there it was. And an hour later, you know, I'm 60 miles away, and I'm in <laughs> Medicine Hat getting off the train, and I'm looking up, and there it is right above me. Remember I told you I the cloud up. cloud followed the people out from Denver and then went back with them? Yeah. Well, you had a cloud following you out of Calgary when that happens, when that kind of thing happens. So. That same cloud is in Dell's book the same the yep, same one yep, I put it up there. yeah and i see you got two another photograph in there Dell, as well now but yeah i don't know right, you've, just, you've had uh, you've had some experiences going way back though right and that you've been pretty open to oh, this yes. for a while so well yeah for a long time yeah yeah and even geomancing you know affecting the weather when you're riding on your bike to, please don't rain on me and all of a sudden it stops and stuff like that that goes on too yeah yeah, and you've got but, some or, uh, you've got some organ busters, uh, some chem busters in your yard as well. You're, we were talking about last time. Yeah, see, uh, Dell's buddy Zurinov, he made Zurinova, uh, Zurinova, Zurinova star, Zurinova star, yeah. same as Dell and Nova star, but Zurinova star, Zurinova. Actually, I'm wrong. It's Zurinova star. Yeah, so I was trying trying to hunt him down, and I went to a couple of psychics, and years they said you will meet this man eventually, and sure enough, I did. Anyway, I got him to make a number of these chembusters for me, and they're sitting around in different parts of the country here, neutralizing the negative orgone energy and creating positive stuff. And these clouds seem to like it too. There's they're showing up over and over and over again, and like just in the last like since. I haven't talked to Dell for about a month, but in that month, I've got, I don't know, four different episodes of these same clouds. And one of them goes to the east side of the horizon and all the way to the west. So I took yeah, a little video the, of it. That's the anchor ships, the pair, you know, that's setting yeah. up the magnetic field. So I don't know if things are heating up or I'm getting more sensitive or they know that I'm here and they're showing themselves to me or I don't know what's going down. But <laughs> Actually, April of 2015. There was a huge, like, the push suddenly is on. Like, uh, there was stuff showing up all the time. But from that time on, uh, it's like, all right, folks, it's on. We're here now. Uh, we're serious. You know, it was April of 2015. And from that point on, there's ships all the time, everywhere, all the time. And the CE5 stuff is ramped right up. You yep. just go outside and you put yep, your attention up there and you're, you're seeing the flash bulbs showing up. Yeah, is that, yeah. Um, Really enjoying that. And that falling meteorite there the other day that we all saw from Alberta to Saskatchewan, that traveled across the sky, you know, it took eight seconds to go across the horizon. That was pretty cool, too. You seen so that? Yeah, just got to go outside. Yeah, yeah Brian I saw that. that, with that, yeah. that There's a guy delivering pizza at the time or something, right, Brian? Yeah, I was having a fire at this buddy's place, and the pizza guy was walking up with the pizza. And we yelled at him, turn around and look. And all three of us 
watched this thing for eight seconds. Mm. Yeah, it was wow. really quite spectacular. Like, I've seen sh- all kinds of junk. You know, I, I ran locomotives for 36 years. I was up all night, most nights. Hey, every night we were always working. I've seen a lot of stuff falling from the skies. But that one, it was just so slow. You know, if you saw a jet moving across the sky going really slow, you'd say that's unusual, right? Well, this was unusual, too. So what did they say? And, uh, what did they say that was? That was a, a meteor or said it was space a, junk or something like that? They said it was an, uh, an engine falling back from yeah, space a junk. previous yeah space junk. Boy, camp. just imagine hey, how lucky we've been that one of those things hasn't landed in the middle of New York or something. Eh? So so far, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I've seen seen three UFOs. Can't can't deny what I've seen with witnesses. Yeah, you know, so yeah. There's there's stuff everywhere along with the Sasquatch and yeah it just keeps on getting better and better. Yeah. I'm pretty happy. When to be you come to the igloo, Brian, you're just up the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next time, yeah. Next time we come out, we go up for a seaside. You got to drop by the igloo and we'll we'll do a little show in person. I can't. I'm not allowed on the seaside, but the I'll see you. Yeah. Same. These guys yeah, aren't allowed I'd, I'd in like the seaside yet. <laughs> I, I, I'll comment in here. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing about people that have seen UFOs and so on. If you haven't seen one, you, you know, you think that whoever says that they've seen one is probably nuts. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, Cause I saw, I didn't tell the story of the, of the third one I saw, but that doesn't need to be said. Um, but anyway, until they see one themselves, once you see one, you can't say you didn't, you know, yep. once you've seen one, you can't say you didn't. And that's, and and this, that's going to be happening more and more, more and more and more and more. That uh, we were you, we got off a little bit on the idea. If you ask about the tin pots, that's a euphemism. I I coined the term. I you know the I didn't coin it. It was coined in the in the early seventies. The idea of calling them tin pots. These are when the Luciferians got going. They ran around the same way with radionic ships in their environments, the third dimension, and in the fifth when they didn't have a third dimension planet. But they modified the original. Uh, radionic um, blueprints so that these ships could be brought down and manifest in the third dimension. So you can get uh, radionic ships on the negative side in the third dimension. You throw a baseball and it'll bounce off them, right? The thing about these ships now is that everybody says, I saw a ship with flashing lights and you could hear a distinct whop, 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 whop sound as it went by, you know. And I'm I'm being slightly sarcastic there. But if you see flashing lights on a ship, it's man-made because... No matter how disaffirmed they are or where they're from, they didn't come all the way here and need flashing lights to show you where they're going or show themselves where they're going. If there's flashing lights, they're man-made. If you get light flares because they will flash off astral light, if you get flares coming off them, then that's a uh, that's a tin pot. You mean like strobes or or, or flares, like like a strobe? Well, sort of... like 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 a like a flash of ray of red comes off up there, and then a yellow off down there, and then you know flares come flashing off them. You know you'll see flares come flashing off them. That's that's a radionic ship, even a corrupted one. Um, but if it's a flashing light, blip 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 blip, that's man made, flat out, because up there they don't have flashing lights. The fifth dimension doesn't need flashing lights. You know. And the thing about the tin pots, see, they were coming and going all over the place here up until 2000 years ago. Uh, and, and like you have, like I said, there's 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 25,000 planets, 2,500 planets that have a third dimension like Earth. And 90 percent of them are in a higher state of 
and Terry's right now is almost at the top end of the fourth dimension. They're right at the very top. They're ready to make the jump up into the fifth. Hmm. Please, it's quite a ways up the ladder and so on. Um, and and these guys, they're still working out of a third dimensional point of view uh, because they were in the uh, you know inside of a Luciferian ontology rather than a, a true cosmic cause one. Um, and they could see that Earth was at a certain you know level of. See, everybody thinks that 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 molecules jumped out of the ocean, started running around, got bigger, got fur, now got, you know, now got a brain, and now they're ready to join the galactic community. Well, nothing like that ever happened. There's no planet ever generates uh, a population of, of people. Root races are brought to the planet to have a cycle of evolution experience. In the frequencies of the planet, it moves on. The next root race brought it. Earth has had 12 root races. The first root race was 250 million years ago, the Chakadians, and Jesus and Mary were the first Chakadians to finish that cycle in preparation for 2,000 years ago. That's been a long time in the making, that thing 2,000 years ago. Uh, but the last of the last, when when a, a root race contingent comes like to Earth, they're, they're, they're housed in the sun, and in Earth's case, because every planet, it varies according to the frequency, but in Earth, in contingents of 10,000, sorry, 10 billion each, would come to the Earth and then go through a cycle of incarnations through uh, the physical plane, then the astral plane, then the physical plane, and so on, uh, until they're finished, move on to the next one. When I say astral plane, that's wrong, because it's all done in the fifth dimension. What happened is that the last contingent of the last root race, which are the Adamics, the, uh, this last root race is the Adamics, which are all the Asians on the planet. All the Asians on the planet collectively are the Adamic root race. The planet belongs to them. That's why China is starting to come to the fore now in this big change taking place, because the planet does belong to those guys. I mean, all the Asians. They're the root race, proper root race of the planet. <laughs> the last of the root race was Adamic. The last contingent to come out of the sun on Earth three and a half million years ago got trapped in the third dimension and it cut everything off. It can't go that way anymore because Earth has to be able to make its transportation to Orion on time. Not Orion, yeah, the womb of Orion on time. Um, you know, the, the step through to the new super universe has to take place correctly. All of this stuff was backlogged to a point now where it can't be backlogged any longer. But because of all of these energies that are confluing right now for these processes to take place, this was the time that was decided, all right, let's bring this whole thing to a head right here now, clean it all up once and get it started once and for all. Hmm. So that's and that's why there's so many of the heavenly host here right now, because this is. You know, I don't know how do you, how do you, how do you, well, it's, 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 I think what you're saying is it's the, uh, the quickening, like our, like our bell used to, you know, coin that phrase way back. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, yeah, there's the quickening is a good way to put it because it's certainly going to be, because we're on, we're just, now it's going to accelerate up for about when you have new dispensation comes in, like of course you get a, a, a burst or a peak of frequencies at the beginning of it, and then it'll taper off for the thousand years. Then you get another spike halfway through, and then like Atlantis two thousand years ago or ten thousand years ago was the halfway point of the last twenty five thousand years. Like, so just, anyway, just to finish, there's um, if I can get the train of thought here. So, um, uh, yeah, we're we're going to see about another eighty or ninety years of things going up, and then it's going to taper off for the next eight nine hundred years. It's going to be very quiet. It's input. It's going to be very quiet. And then we'll have a spike, and then we'll have a, a thousand years of output. The last 500 years is when it accelerates, the same as we did from the 500 years ago to now. 
uh, in the uh, uh, you know the Irish dispensation, the Golden Age of Greece, all of that stuff up until two, it's the same idea. The last five hundred years are the output where everything accelerates and comes out. So, right on. So, so we're we're right now going up into the into the, into the peak. But another sixty, eighty, but about eighty, ninety years more of the peak. Now there's a flying saucer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my model. That's the sport model. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Dell, why don't you mention? Like, we got a delay here in the studio. Why don't you mention how? Uh, again, just for people, how how they can buy your books and stuff. Like, um, oh sure. And, okay. Uh, well, that, and now, a little bit about your website, and then we'll wrap wrap this thing up. The 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 three websites. Oh, you were going to show a better view of the books, or is that already done? Oh, we did that already. Yeah. Do it okay. again. Throw yeah, do it again. Yeah, throw it again. Throw it again. We'll- All right. Well, let's say now. Let me see. Yeah, there we go. I just there. Okay. Yeah. The the three books are the Intelligent Design and Creation is Volume One. The second book is called the Radio uh, Revelatorium of Alpha and Omega, and then the third book, which is the new one, the newer, is called the Radionic Ships of the Heavenly Host. The first book, Intelligent Design and Creation, is on your website as is called designofcreation.com. The second book, Radionic, uh, Revelatorium of Alpha Omega, is simply revelatorium.com. You can Google these names. If you don't spell them right, Google will correct the spelling for you. Okay. Uh, so radi- revelatorium.com. Then the third one is the Radionic Ships of the Heavenly Host, and it's simply radionicships.com. That's R-A-D-I-O-N-I-C-S ships.com. Okay, and I'm going to link to all that in the show notes as well for people. So. Okay, and then uh, they're for, all three are for sale on Amazon. I have a I have a web page up called neared.com, N-E-A-R-E-D, neared.com, and I have the links to buy the books on that page. Okay. Uh, what was the GoFundMe again? And then GoFundMe, this is a bit trickier. GoFundMe, so it's G-O, it's one of the uh, crowdfunding sites. G-O-F-U-N-D, me.com then uh, a forward slash the word the I think it has a capital T then a hyphen radionic then a hyphen ships hyphen of hyphen light hyphen okay now again I'm gonna track it down and put the yeah, link I'll in the show, in the show notes. notes for sure yeah. yeah I can I'll send you the link in an email after the after the thing I'll just okay. punch it into text and send it to you now the 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 GoFundMe. If you can chip in, I like you know the, the little chip ins. I call them the little chips, and they have fifty some. One of them was a hundred. I even had one for two hundred to accumulate for eighty bucks. But they bought business cards. They bought a software that I needed. I mean, they they do a humongous amount of work. Right now, I have a software I can't buy. Right now, I can't. You know, uh, I've got quite a few things sitting waiting. You know, um, so so anything that you can put into the GoFundMe will help 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 the big job right now is to get a lump sum up enough to be able to do the bulk printing. I right, want to be able yeah. to print a, a thousand minimum order of a thousand. Is, you can't print less than that in bulk printing. They won't even set up the press. Yeah, you're just less. really wanting to try and get this out, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, as I say, the input stage is all but finished. It's now time for the output stage. And output stage means putting into your hands. 
So right on. Well, well, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll link to all that in the show notes, and we'll spread it as far as we can. And when you come to Calgary, and if you guys are together or even separate, just see, swing there's, by. There's another trip. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to see you before we get to Calgary. We'll stop and see Green. Uh, uh, Brian and I have been talking. I've got friends like Brian. I now you in Calgary. I've got a friend in uh, Nanaimo. I got another friend in Ladysmith on the island, and I've got my friend Zuranova uh, in the middle of BC, and my family family you know uh, brothers and sisters all live in the vancouver area so i've got quite a trip now nice, all man. i need is the money to make the trip exactly <laughs> so i'm 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 looking towards the spring or the summer i'm going to try and make that happen no matter what you know nice right on yep. yeah we'll be here when you do and we did get i just should mention we did get quite a few compliments on the mustache in the chat right <laughs> Oh, cool! Thanks. Well, the handlebars, yeah. That's that's. There's not too many of those around anymore. You know, ever since uh, you know Prince, whatever is the name, the fifth past. You know, I saw chicken. Prince Albert. Prince that was it. Prince Albert. Yeah, when, when he uh, passed, their mustache went out of style. Yeah, yeah. Well, so thanks for cool. thanks good. for joining us again, Brian. It's good to have you as well. Yeah. Thanks, Graham. Aaron, yeah. Del. Yeah. Look forward yep. to Thank look you. forward to catching yep. up with you in person one of these days. Yeah, yeah, Aye. well, yeah, we're going to make it happen somehow, so. All right, guys. Well, all right, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, this is great. So, yeah, yeah thanks. big thanks for coming on the show, and uh, it's going to be live on YouTube already, and it'll be there for, uh, the, well, as long as YouTube's around, which probably be longer than us. Um, and, uh, Until the EMP hits. Yeah, that's right, and we'll send you a link to the to the audio episode when it pops. In a yeah, the audio episode will be out in a, in a little while, in a few weeks, yeah. January is, is there going to be a, a link? link that I can get to the video yeah. because I have three or four people waiting to have yeah, a look at sure, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Graham will send it over to yeah. you for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice going. Good work, guys. Okay, thanks, yeah, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank we you, don't Brian. talk to you. Yeah. Have a good Christmas, all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. needs Bye-bye. Yeah. May, may your Christ radiance uh, benefit everybody, you know. All right, perfect. perfect. Where you go. Perfect. All right. Thanks. There Ciao. we are. Thank you, guys. There you have it, and that was our chat with. Um, we're not doing the outro, are we? Yeah, of course we are, Brian and Brian and Dell. It was a fun one. We finally worked it out this time. We got the video to work. Yeah, um, all that fun Sharing stuff. Sharing the slides. Yeah, there's six hundred and something pictures on his website, so check that out. For sure. If yeah, we're, we're not on YouTube anymore. Show, you know, we're off YouTube. Distracted anyway, so no, we're off we YouTube. We're off. Oh, good. Okay, we're off. Okay, we're off. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so for yeah, people big... that are listening on audio now, they can go, yeah. go check out the original show. Well, we'll say that in the intro. Okay, I, yeah. yeah. I'm just... So big thanks to those guys for coming on the show. But good sports about it because we did fuck up their audio the first yeah. time around. I had the I had the mix minus set up mm. without the minus. Mm. So I couldn't hear it. But everyone else, and of course, Graham was non-local that night too. So oh everybody God. was Skyping in and I didn't have the mix minus on. So they were all hearing themselves back like a oh, couple so seconds after oh they talked. That was the most annoying thing. And I didn't that. even know what they're talking about. I was like, what are you guys talking about? It sounds fine. <laughs> and you know what? And we don't, like, we should have just stopped and said, no, it's not working. But, you know, we, we learn. You learn just to, you got no, to you, you cut your losses. We don't learn anything. <laughs> We don't learn anything. Uh, yeah, big so thanks. Good sports, of couple course. Fellow Canadians yeah, that was right awesome. Now. That was a good chat. Um, yeah, fun chat. I mean, whether you're, whether you're into radion and clouds or not, it was a fun you, chat. Here's my prediction. Great sport. Oh boy, people have a hard time believing this. No, really, people like it's it's a it's a tough your prediction. One, right? You're doing your prediction after 
Shouldn't your prediction be Jordan? Well, no, no, no let, no, him, no. let him have his yeah, prediction. Yeah, let's do your prediction. Because what if he's right? It's there one of go. these things where in three or five years, we're going to look back and go, this is going to be way more plausible than we ever thought because the whole world is going to fucking open up. And, you know, radionic ships causing cloud formations is not going to be that fucking strange. It's possible. Yeah. That's my prediction. You there know, you go. Like a lot of these things we talk about. Years later, I look back and go, wow, like a few years ago, I was kind of open to it, but I really wasn't into it. And then... Are you all in now? Like vaccines for Darren. I mean, that's one of them, right? That's right. All right, guys, why don't you radio on over to grammarica.ca slash support. Do sign up for a monthly today if you can. Uh, It does help out. I'm sure this episode probably just came out after Christmas. You guys are probably all broke. They sign up for a buck a month, two bucks a month. You can always up it later. Don't feel like cheaper than Netflix. Way, Way the fuck cheaper than Netflix and better. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Netflix is pretty good. I don't want to. I don't want to actually pretend to compete with Netflix. I don't want to get into that pool. <laughs> We're not shilling for Netflix either. We're not right shilling now. for Netflix either. No. Fuck Netflix. Shilling for Grey America. Show. We're shilling for Grey America. Sign up for a month if you can. If you can't do that, maybe you could do a one-time donation. Can't do that. Uh, there's a bunch of other ways. Review the show. Share the show. Send in your stories. Send in your stories to Graham. All that fun stuff. Tell your friends about this motherfucker. Sign up for the newsletter. Is that all? Yep. Thanks, buddy. I think that's about it. Uh, Big thanks to everyone. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. So you don't shiver But like two peas in a pot Glad they're heavy in my life How I thank God A hop, a skip In a jump away Not once, twice And I'll come out and play Let's kiss beneath, beneath the moon However soon it is to say Honey, let's marry in June Something old and something new Something borrowed and something blue God, I can't imagine a world without you I can't imagine a world without you Let's take the scenic, let's take the scenic route I'll show you my secret hideout over by that old oak tree. We could take a stroll along the trail. Your bright smile lifts me up without fail. We're like two peas in a pod. Glad to have you in my life. How I thank God. A hop, a skip, and a jump away. Knock once, twice, and I'll come out and play. Let's kiss beneath beneath the moon however soon it is to say honey let's marry in june something old and something new
something borrowed and something blue. God, I can't imagine a world without you. I can't imagine a world without you.
Thank you.